Welcome back, everyone. It is episode 70 of Thirst and Goal. It's our seventh remotely recorded podcast. Ben is in the old studio under the canopy outside where podcasts or football should be played and podcasts should be recorded. I am in my garage about five or six miles away. And Sonia is somewhere around Ben over there in the old studio. I'm not sure if she's going to make an appearance tonight, though. She may. She may not. little bout of vertigo today so uh she's resting up uh to prepare for another day of quarantine uh and Franny, how are you this evening how was your week this week uh this was a long long it felt like two weeks it I felt mean, it like, like two weeks week, but it's <laughs> it, I mean, it seems like we haven't done this in a couple of weeks i mean this week really dragged how was yours ben uh anxiety inducing uh but it was a, it was a pretty <laughs> Good week. I mean, we should mention that Frane works every single day in the healthcare industry. Uh, so thank you, Frane, for going to work every day to make sure that people have what they need. And thank you to everyone that's out there working, bringing us all the things that we need on a day-to-day basis, as well as our, our medicine and everything else that we need to be able uh, conti- to continue to exist. So thank you, Frane, and thank you, everyone that goes out every day into the world to do this work. Yeah, well, Ben, I mean, you're still doing your work too. I mean, you're that out there you're doing work. It's it's in the garage. Know, it's, it's a little different. You're in the. I mean, it's you know the the environment is a little different. That's but true. You're still waking up in the morning. You don't have the same drive that yeah. you you know usually do. But, but you know, walking outside. I do to the garage. That's true. I just uh, I don't see people anymore. I see birds. Uh, there's a lot of wildlife hey. running around for some strange reason <laughs> because there aren't that many people. So I've had a possum, a stray dog, and a raccoon in the garage thus far early in the morning when I started work. So, uh, you know, it's getting to be, uh, you know, more of a routine. And by the time it gets mm-hmm. to be uh, a routine that's sort of solidified, we'll probably get called back uh, to the office. But, you know, it's, it's yeah. been... It looks like, it looks like you know, things might slowly start getting back to normal. I mean, they might lift uh, some of these orders, these stay-at-home orders. It looks like, you know, some other states already have. You know, we'll see how that works out. I guess, uh, you know, they're sort of the test subjects for this. Um, but, you know, here in L.A., it seems like, um, you know, they're talking about slowly opening things up. Yeah, I mean, they're talk- definitely talking about opening up the businesses that, you know, don't involve close contact as a consequence of just doing the work that is done there. Uh, so, you know, as long as everyone that can stay home is able to stay home and work. I think that's the key. Uh, but if you if you need to be at your place of business to earn a living and you can do so without coming in really close contact with people, I think they should probably let a lot of those folks get back to doing the things that they do and get people more used to being, you know, out with masks on with their, you know, the business owners and, and employees with masks on because that's going to be the way it is for some significant period of time. But that will probably be the new normal everyone wearing a mask Mm -hmm. and, you know, hoping that we get a vaccine at some point in the next several months, uh, but definitely get a treatment that people feel confident in. And I think that will go a long way to getting people, people's confidence levels up at least a little bit. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Franny, what are you drinking (laughs) over there? What are you, what are you drinking in your garage? 
Well, Ben, uh, I am drinking uh, some of the Eagle Rare. Ooh, a good one. Uh, that I got for, I think it was, it was my birthday, I believe. Uh, it was given to me. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, I don't drink as much this week as I did last week. Um, it's funny, when I woke up the next morning. Did you finally have a hangover? Week, I didn't have a hangover, but I was like, oh, man, we didn't even talk. I, I didn't. I, I really actually didn't. Uh, I think that my tolerance is built up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to the point where I don't really have a hangover, but um, you know, I, in my head I was like, "Wait, we didn't even talk about Better Call Saul." But we did. <laughs> but but we did. Well, I did, and you did. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I remember struggling through. You know, <laughs> after the draft portion of the podcast, uh, you know, it, it was. Uh, it was a little more difficult, you know, uh, to to uh, to get my thoughts out, and, and um, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen uh, this week. <laughs> well, we'll try. I'll try to. I'll try to take it easy, but it, it probably won't happen. Yeah, you know, I'm sure. You know, I'll, I'm in my garage. I mean, there's nothing else to do, you know, other than drink. We can't go out. I'm usually at your place, and you know, I take it easy because I know eventually, you know, I'll be I'll be driving home. Whereas I'm in my garage now. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving, and so I, you know, I think I'm a little more relaxed, and I tend to drink a little bit more. Uh, these last seven remotely recorded podcasts. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Franny, what? Uh, well, actually, I'll tell you what well, I'm ben, drinking. What, what am drinking? I drinking? I am at, in honor of Cinco de Mayo. I am drinking. I put away the gin and tonic for this week, and I am drinking a Modelo Especial. I probably butchered that, mm-hmm. but I have uh, several Modelos in the cooler, and I will be drinking those this evening in honor of Cinco de Mayo. It's also, is this? I think this is our beer of the week as well. Yeah, in honor yeah, of it's our beer of the, the week. Mile. So we're I mean, gonna... it's it's a it's a it's a good beer. People really drink it. I mean, we both enjoy it. and We'll review it on the show tonight. Yes, absolutely. So, finally, what are we going to talk about tonight? <laughs> well, tonight on the big board, Ben, we're going to make a shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there. We have our NFL news we also have our uh, promos for our fellow podcasters how many promos do we have tonight ben just the one we want to get people one out of here pro- tonight under three hours if we can that was really long I that didn't was a long that one we, last week three hour yeah and, until the end we're like that was three hours and yeah i didn't even know we talked about better call Saul. <laughs> but anyways <laughs> i was like do you remember episode one he's like yeah let's team. talk about episode can we talk about episode nine i remember episode nine <laughs> I remember eight, nine, and ten. All right, you know, go beyond that. Like you said, it was just it was build up, and uh, we next up on the big board. We also have uh, thirst or, or uh, tag team news, our thirst and goal news, Ben Steelers news, my Eagles news, and Sanya's Seahawks news. We also have uh, Ben's feel good story, the return of Ben's feel good story. We didn't have a feel good story last uh, weekend. We also have our shot of the week, which is an honor of uh, Cinco de Mayo and it looks like a good one Ben you're gonna be the only one trying it tonight and it's called the Solo de Mayo because Ben is alone and he'll be trying it alone and uh, we also have our brown of the week which this week happens to be a cognac we haven't uh, had a cognac for at least a month maybe uh, maybe more than maybe that I think six weeks I don't when did we do we, we had the uh, right before the, the quarantine taste yeah. test like February yeah I think. So, some, somewhere around there so, Remy so it's Martin. been quite a while since we've uh, tasted a cognac on the show. So Remy Martin, 1738. I'm excited to try this on the show and review that. It's almost 300 and we have years our old. Beer, which we mentioned earlier, which is 
the Modelo. And uh, Ben, we have your housekeeping to finish up the show. All right. What's first up on the big board, Franny? First up on the big board, Ben, we have our shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there. Oh, yes. Thank you all to the listeners that have stuck with us through this coronavirus pandemic and the quarantine and the stay at home orders. Thank you all so much for spending your time with us and sticking with us. Low these many episodes. Uh, and thank you also to any of our new listeners, our new listeners from all over the country in the United States, as well as all over the world. Thank you. Thank you so much. Since 2008, we have been a show and continue to be a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. And since you're listening tonight, please consider heading to our website, thirstinggold.buzzproud.com, or search Thirsting Gold Podcast on the web and subscribe, rate, and review our show. Please, please also tell a friend, a family member, a coworker, anyone you are corresponding with on Zoom, on Skype, any other video conferencing system that you use microsoft teams break in to your conference call and say listen to Thir- thirsting goal podcast uh tell anyone out there that is your homework assignment for this week and Franny, what's next up on the big board next up on the big board ben we have our nfl news we did and we do have a a, a surprising <laughs> amount of nfl news as we sit here one week after the draft and after all of the flurry of activity. Uh, first up, we have Matt LeFleur. This is a little bit of LeFleury. Matt LeFleury talks about the controversy that was sure to follow the drafting of Jordan Love after beloved quarterback Aaron Rodgers was, the, well, the skepticism was, or the Scuttlebutt was that he would not be particularly happy with this move. And his first comments as the Packers traded up to take the number 26 pick in the first round to take Aaron Rodgers' potential replacement. The second-year coach denied that it meant that Rodgers' time with the organization that drafted him in 2005 was nearing an end. LaFleur said, Aaron is a pro. He's the leader of our football team, and I anticipate that for a really, really long time. LaFleur, LaFleur said this last Saturday after the draft concluded. I have so much respect for him, not only as a player, but as a person and some of the stuff that nobody sees. So I can tell you how much I like working with him. When asked what he meant by a really long time, LaFleur said, you know how this league works. I know you guys get tired of me saying this, but it's all about getting better each year and each day. And we're going to take it week by week, year by year. In my mind, I think Aaron is by far the best quarterback I've ever been around. I think he's the best ever to play the game. Woo! Franny likes that. I hope he can play until he decides good, he doesn't want to play anymore. Uh, Brett Favre chimed in later in the week as well. Favre said, I'm not going to talk about all that we talked about because he had a conversation with Aaron Rodgers. But Favre did say on the Rich Eisen show that he was, let's just say, surprised that they went in that direction. Uh, Favre went on to say, Nothing against Jordan Love. I mean, no disrespect, Farf said, but you trade up to get a guy who might turn out to be great, and I hope he does, but you trade up and you get more of a project quarterback. He's a little bit unproven, a lot of upside, no doubt about it, but he can't help you get to the Super Bowl immediately. Frane, what do you say about the drama in Green Bay? 
Uh, I mean, it was an interesting pick. I mean, I, you know, obviously if it was a quarterback taken in the third or fourth or fifth round, then nobody would be questioning the move. But since it was in the first round and you have Aaron Rodgers still there, who is, you know, one of the best, maybe not the best quarterback ever, but one of the best that I've ever watched play the game. Um, it was it was pretty interesting. I'm, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers was disappointed by the fact that they didn't get him any help in the first round. I'm sure he would want, you know, a brand new receiver or an offensive lineman or something that can actually help him out because they're really wasting his career. I mean, if, if he played anywhere, if he, if he played with uh, New England, if he played with uh, one of these franchises that are, um, you know, more rock solid, um, you know, he would probably have multiple Super Bowls right now. It's like Peyton Manning being stuck uh, with the Colts for Ugh. all those years and winning one championship. I mean, if you have a guy, you know, like Peyton Manning, like Aaron Rodgers, you know, you have to put a team around them like they do in New England with Tom Brady. They knew, they knew what they had in Tom Brady. They built a team around Tom Brady. Whereas these other guys, they're kind of just, you know, they're a one-man team. And that's the reason, you know, they, they won this. I mean, they had, you know, Green Bay was pretty good when they beat the Steelers. Ben, sorry to say it. I mean, they beat the Steelers. But, well, they did. <laughs> but I mean, they, it was, was a close game. It was a close team. game. Yeah, it, was, it was a close game, but that was, that was a solid team. But they should be, and, and, you know, they were in the NFC Championship game again this year. But it's mostly because of Aaron Rodgers and his phenomenal play but if they could actually put some weapons around that guy man they could they could really you know they could be um you know in, in the same caliber of, of team as you know new england yeah i mean if far they just don't do it yeah i mean far went on to say that not, you know not taking a skill player that could help the team immediately was you know this is the word that i hate the most in all of sports uh send a message of disrespect uh, which is incapable of being defined. I don't know what that means exactly. Uh, but he did say that it was a little disrespectful for the Packers to go ahead and draft a quarterback at that spot. Uh, but watching the the Bulls documentary, The Last Dance, this week, watching a couple episodes of that, when the Rhines, when Jerry and Jerry made the decision to completely revamp that team from top to bottom around Michael Jordan because they knew that was their strongest asset, that was what was going to get them to the promised land, uh, making that decision and, and Jerry Krause making that happen uh, is something that the Packers have not been willing to do ever since 2005. They have never placed emphasis on giving Aaron Rodgers the kinds of weapons that folks like Tom Brady have had, that folks like Drew Brees have had, that folks like Ben Roethlisberger has had. Uh, they've never really committed to building out an offense of skill players on that team that would complement their strongest and best asset. And I could see, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily just be frustrated by the pick, the Jordan Love pick this year. Uh, it's many, many, many years of not emphasizing the kinds of position players that would make that team compete at a high level once they got to the playoffs. And, you know, Jordan Love or not, that team has, has even under Mike McCarthy, and even under Mike Holmgren, uh, did not put the kind of players around Rodgers that they should have, much like Peyton Manning and much like Dan Marino, who made a lot of wide receivers look very good. Uh, but none of those receivers were really any good outside of Dan Marino. And that was that was sort of what what led the Miami Dolphins to not win a championship. And it's what's led Green Bay to just have that one lone championship. But I know you really yeah. like Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah, I mean, but he's 36 years old. He is 36 years old. Um, you know, I mean, how many good years does he have left maybe three 
I don't know. You know, when, once he gets closer to 40, there's not going to be too many guys out there that are going to find the same success that Tom Brady has had. I mean, Tom Brady really takes care of himself. The team really has taken care of Tom Brady because he never gets sacked. Whereas, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he's been injured multiple times because they just don't protect him. They don't put the same offensive line around him that Tom Brady has. Um, but he's 36 years old. And, uh, you know, if, I'm not sure how good this love kid is going to be. But, you know, he might as well give him a shot. I mean, he's he's, he's going to be... Um, you know, around one of the best quarterbacks ever. I'm sure uh, Aaron Rodgers can give him some pointers and, and you know, see how things go. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers should also understand now, I think Favre was about the same age when, when Aaron Rodgers uh, was drafted. Uh, 35. He should understand that. He, yeah, he should understand that, you know, his, his, his playing career is getting closer to the end. So, you know, if I wasn't him, I mean, if I was him, I wouldn't be uh, disappointed by the fact that they got a quarterback. I'd just be disappointed that they didn't get a skill player or, or, a, you know, somebody at a position that can actually help him out. Yeah. I mean, and there were a lot of receivers still available at that spot and, and that's just, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, if they took, I mean, if Tua tech, I'm not even going to try. If Tua was available at that spot, you know, maybe you take him. If Joe Burrow, for some odd reason was still available at that spot, maybe you take him. But I think Favre does have a point in taking a developmental type of player at number 26 uh, when you could have had a a wide receiver that could be impactful next year uh, i think that was that was more the issue that that a lot of folks have with it. if you're going to take a quarterback take one that's that's not as much of a project as this kid is when you could take a skill player they've got a running game now uh, they've got a decent offensive line uh even last year they they broke down there a little bit at the end but they have a decent running game you know to put a nice receiver on that on that field to to compliment uh what's his name who caught every Devontae pass Devonte Adams who made yep. who just shredded the Seattle Seahawks secondary in that playoff game it would have been nice to put another receiver out there uh but they did not and uh, the Green Bay Packers will probably go 10 and 6 and lose in the second round yeah yeah that's exactly what i would expect them to happen and you know during um, Aaron Rodgers' time in Green Bay, it's not like the division has been that difficult either. I mean, they've really had a lot of opportunities what? Uh, to take advantage of... <laughs> I mean, you know... Kirk you Cousins? Has what? Not really, you know, they're off it. You know I'm saying they were, they've been off and on uh, during Rodgers' career. You know, Detroit is Detroit. Yeah, unfortunately. You know, they haven't been very good. And then Chicago has also been pretty terrible for such a long time. And so, you know, to have a, a quarterback of Aaron Rodgers' caliber and to only win one Super Bowl... That's pretty sad. Yeah. I mean, and hopefully, you know, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll both be wrong and, you know, they'll do better. I'm sure we'll be right. You know, this we'll coming right, sure year we'll than they did, than they did this year. Uh, but I'm next sure up, a lot of the fans, a lot of the fans out there are very disappointed as well. Yeah. And, you know, I understand that. And they, and they, they wouldn't have been happy no matter what, but at least you could throw, you know, at least you could inbound the ball back to Aaron Rodgers and say, here you go. We got you what you wanted. Now it's on you, buddy. And they weren't mm -hmm. able to do that. Next up, something that is near and dear to your heart, the Red Rider. Andy Dalton was released by the Cincinnati Bengals way later than he probably should have been. $17.7 million was due to him if he was on the roster in June. This was an interesting move to cut him so late. But we learned today, that we learned today, Franny, that Andy Dalton is off yeah. to, now. to the Just Dallas now. Cowboys. To the Dallas Cowboys, $3 million guaranteed money with the incentives that can push the contract up to $7 million 
but turning up the heat a little bit on your buddy Dak Prescott down there in <laughs> Dakota, Dallas. What do you Dakota, Dakota Prescott? Watch out! What do you think about that uh, move? It's it's a smart move. So you don't want to sign move. your tender. I mean, I've, I've I've always I've always respected Andy Dalton. I, you know he's no. he's a good he's a solid football player, especially playing for that crappy organization. Ben, you know how crappy they are. They're in your division. Uh, they so you are understand bad. how bad, bad the Bengals are. And the little bit of success that they've had yeah, has been ben with Dalton. Andy Dalton. Not all because of Andy Dalton, but you know he, he was he was within his career that they yeah, found some a little bit with Palmer, uh, <laughs> a little bit with Palmer. But the Steelers Palmer, took him out in the first well. quarter. And, in a and what's game. his name? The coach there. Uh, I can't remember the coach's name. Um, who was there for such a Marvin long time? Lewis? I mean, he was also Marvin Lewis. He was you know pretty decent. He himself, was not but, a bad coach. But Andy Andy Dalton, you know, always a good football player. And and you know he's also getting a little bit older. And this is a great move for the Cowboys uh, because we're not sure. We're not entirely sure if Dak Prescott is going to come back and play. I mean, he's not very happy right now. He's a disgruntled football player uh, because he didn't get his uh, his contract, and so he might uh, you know sit out. He, I mean, it's put, you know potentially he could sit out this season. Uh, and and if he does. You know he has. They have Andy Dalton now to uh, to sort of take the reins, and I'm, I think Andy Dalton um, would would actually be pretty good with with the Cowboys. Yeah, he's only thirty two, going to be thirty three, I believe. Yeah, uh, going he's into mature. this. Yeah, I mean he he knows what he's doing. He's played under uh, under Marvin Lewis and with some pretty significant weapons down there with AJ Green and yeah. a lot of the other. They've actually had a pretty good receiving core down in in Cincinnati for a lot of years. I, I mean, I like the move. I mean, it turns up the heat on Dakota. Uh, if you don't sign the tender, you have a 32-year-old Dalton coming in there who, by and large, has not had much less success in his career if you look at the numbers in terms of wins, right, and, lo- wins and losses and playoff wins. Uh, not yeah. that much less success than than Dak Prescott. And I think this is a way of sending a message to Dak. Well, he's that, more successful. In my opinion, he's more successful. Yeah, I'm going to get you the bobbleheads. I mean, I'm going to get, get you like <laughs> all your bobbleheads. I'm going to get you the Andy Dalton, the Alex Smith, the Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Know, and there's got to be another the one case, in there. The Case, the case Keenum. Keenum. I'm going to get you all like the underrated quarter, all the underrated sort hey, but, of Ivy hey, League you know, type you know quarterbacks. I love Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron you know Rodgers in there. Rogers, though. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, but you already got me in Aaron Rodgers. Uh, bobblehead, uh, not bobblehead, but it was it was that I can't remember what that goes. Oh, like the pop, pretty popular. Yeah, the, yeah, the pop. Yeah, 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 the pop. Whatever they are, the pop. Funko Pop. Uh, yeah, the the action figures. But yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think it's a great move. I mean, in this way that you know you don't you're not pressured into negotiating a long term deal with Dak Prescott, at least not right away. Uh, if he doesn't want to sign the tender and he's willing to sit out for a season, you know, okay, you know, they can roll with Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much worse they would be with Dalton, with Amari Cooper, and uh, what's the, the the wide receiver that they just drafted last week, and with Zeke, and with a decent defense, and with a decent offensive line. You know, Dalton, yeah. could, Dalton could be successful there. In fact, he might be more oh, yeah. successful than Dak he Prescott, actually, potentially. Yeah, I mean, he might be a better quarterback right now. Than Dak Prescott, see Andy Dalton. Uh, and that's his, why they built those incentives. His completion, completion percentage. I think it's, I'm sure it's probably higher than um, Dak because Dak is, you know. Oh, actually, it's worse than Dak. Never mind. But it, <laughs> I didn't expect that. Yeah, it's, but, a, it's uh, up. You know, I mean, he's I still, had good receivers. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I, I mean, he actually might be better right now for the Cowboys than uh, the Dak Prescott. I'm just saying, not because uh, you know I. I I wish anything negative on the Cowboys, but yes, you do. I, I think he's, you don't wish yeah, anything yeah, negative yeah, on yeah, the Cowboys. Is that true? But I, you know, is that a true yeah, statement? I, I, actually, 
No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't wish any. Oh, I don't wish anything bad upon the. Uh, oh, I hope they do. About the uh, Golden State Warriors. I think they do really. I hope they do really well this year. In fact, I hope they beat the Lakers. <laughs> well, not this year. <laughs> well, but uh, in the one game in the one game championship playoff that they're going to have. No, but I, I, I wouldn't say anything. I mean, we have that drinking game, Ben, where if I say anything negative about the Cowboys uh, or any team in my division, I take a shot. And I'm actually excited to take a shot because we have a new uh, drink and you have a new uh Yeah, uh, I'm going to try this. Just well. Even though I didn't say anything negative, I'm going to try this anyway because yeah. I'm just really curious. But I'm no, just... Yeah, and if, if you say anything negative about any team in your division, so, you know, the Browns or uh, the Bengals, uh, then, uh, then you take a shot. And or or the Ravens, even though you never say anything negative about the Ravens, which I'm shocked about, Ben. Well, I mean, they, ha- they have a really well-run franchise. I mean, still, whatever. You the have, Cowboys have five championships. I don't give not, a shit. Not in the last 25, <laughs> 30 years, they don't. I know, I know, but they still have them. They're still hanging around there. They are. In the, I hear about it all the time. Yeah, they're in some different font that you can't even find on Microsoft <laughs> Word anymore. That's how old those championships are. They're in some. Yeah, but they don't expire. They don't expire, Ben. I mean, you know, I'm a Lakers fan, so. That is I true. Like th- I like throwing trophies out there, and they don't expire, so they're still hanging around there. The Knicks have one. But, the uh, Knicks have know. one hanging from the rafters somewhere. It's like way in two. the back that, behind some popcorn. I think actually that one ha- does have a Best Buy date. The that, York, that, that should the New York Knicks ones. That one. That one is really really old. Uh, but Ben, I'm gonna take a shot. Well, what are you to, drinking? Uh, what are the you know, What are the new uh, drinks that we have tonight? Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. So tonight. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm almost out of the Jim Beam Fire, which is actually not that bad. I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't mind taking a shot of that. But uh, for tonight, I have Evan Williams uh, Peach. So it, it, is, it is, it is a <laughs> everyone peach out there's like what? <laughs> I don't like Evan Williams to begin with. Um, and then Evan Williams Peach is it's 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 it it's it smells Disgusting. extremely sweet. Yeah, I uh, mean it, it's it's a little too sweet. For what a whiskey should smell like, and, for and ben, sure. what do you have for your punishment? Yeah, you brought. Shot. I mean, Franny and I did our uh, social distance exchange today out in the driveway, <laughs> so that we would be tasting and drinking the same uh, brown of the night and beer of the night. Uh, he brought me what looks to be, you know, another thing in honor of Cinco de Mayo. We could say uh, Southern Comfort Lime. Uh, looks really sweet. Looks almost like maple syrup. And smells really, really sweet. Uh, as if Southern Comfort isn't sweet enough on its own. Uh, this is going to take me back to the last time I drank Southern Comfort and I slept outside of a, of a residence because I just didn't want to continue to get, you know, crawling on all fours into the residence in like 1987. So. Um, let's see. But the bottle is cool though. Yeah. The bottle, the bottle is really cool. Is actually stylish for that Southern Comfort lime. Oh, for sure, for sure. And, and comfort, it's not a bad drink. It's just really, yeah, it is. really it's not that sweet. Good. You got to mix it, and you got to get the right. Like even an old fashioned is still, quite frankly, it's still too sweet for me. Yeah. Um, but let's give these a shot and see if the peach and the lime well, are as disgusting these, yeah. as we think. All right, clink. Yeah, we might say less negative things, but I didn't really say anything negative. So uh, you know what? I used to like Andy Dalton. I don't anymore. So uh, screw you, Andy Dalton, for going to the oh, Dallas Cowboys. The Red Rider. Here we go. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, Ben. Oh, that's terrible. That is, in fact, terrible. That is, uh, that's that's terrible. It doesn't taste like Southern Comfort and it doesn't taste like lime. Really? I'm not sure. Oh, my God. That might be good with like a club soda or something, maybe. But that, 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 I'm not sure what this would be good with. That's bad. That's bad. 
That was I don't, a, I don't recommend this to anybody. I don't think they did the Pepsi challenge on that one. That that they didn't taste. It's funny. That one. You know, I got this at Total Wine, and on the Total Wine website, it actually shows that it has, uh, I think, four or five stars. I don't know who the hell's tasting this. They've never probably tasted whiskey in their lives if they think this is a four or five star uh, whiskey, well, because oof, this oof, is, oof. it's not smooth. It doesn't even attempt to be smooth. Oh, my God. Um, and it's just like a, um, it's it's uh, it's like a peach that's been mixed with, uh, you know, uh, rubbing alcohol. That's basically oh, man. Uh, what it tastes it like. It's so not very good, man. So I think we found the right shots because uh, yeah, exactly. these are supposed to be a punishment. I love you, Antonio Brown. Please come back. I'm not going to say anything <laughs> bad about you tonight. Ooh, that was rough. Uh, but uh, yeah, so good luck ooh, to Andy yeah, Dalton. Not, and not good. You know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes in, in Dallas. But I like anytime, you know, someone I think... Uh, is asking for too much and has a an over and especially again watching that documentary uh Scotty Pippen being the 122nd highest paid player in the league going into that 97 season yep. and Dak Prescott with his yeah, one that's- playoff win wants you know 40 <laughs> million dollars a year coming off a season when he lost to the Eagles finishing 8 and 8 and missing the playoffs uh maybe have a little mm-hmm. bit of perspective because the Red Rider is coming up nipping at your heels buddy mm-hmm all right, next up, we got, a, we got a really strange signing. Uh, the rumors were that the Steelers made a big offer to this gentleman. I don't know where they were going to find that money. Uh, but former Tampa Bay Bucks <laughs> quarterback Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints are discussing a deal, signed a deal for $1.1 million and some additional incentive. Uh, Winston was displaced in Tampa Bay when the Tampa Bay Bucks signed Tom Brady a month ago. They're also signing Taysom Hill to a long-term deal as well. Uh, you know, looks like uh, da, 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 be a one. Oh, actually, no, one-year deal. One-year, four point six four million dollar deal for Taysom Hill. So they they went out and got Jameis Winston on a deal for literally, by football standards, in, in the quarterback position. No money. They essentially got him for free. Mm-hmm. What do you think about mm-hmm. that one? Well, I thought it was an interesting move, I'm, but I, I wonder why. Why did? Why do you think Ben he chose New Orleans over the Steelers? He said. He said. I mean, I'm not sure what the what what the offer was. Well, I mean, this is kind of a slap in the face of Mike Tomlin, but essentially, he mm-hmm. said he wanted to play with an organization where he could grow, become better. And he believes that Sean Payton is the coach that can take him to the next level, fix all of the problems that he has. And ultimately, after this year uh, and potentially the year after, he will be able to get a big long term contract after operating under the tutelage of Sean Payton and a great franchise with a great quarterback in Drew Brees to help him along the way. It's a little insulting to Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. and to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have had far more success under Mike Tomlin than the, than the Saints have had under Sean Payton. So I, I don't know what to, honestly, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, clearly he had, he could, he, there were a, a ton of teams that would have taken him mm-hmm. for a million dollars. So he had to pick a teams that he was going to go to and he chose the Saints at $1.1 million, which is essentially free. Uh, what do you think? Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you, I mean, Breeze obviously doesn't have the kind of ego that Ben yeah, Roethlisberger I, has. So I'll give him that. I mean, this is a one-year, you know, it's a one-year deal. Uh, it's almost like, uh, you know, the Teddy Bridgewater deal. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is a different type of quarterback, too. Um, you know, he's not as erratic with the football as Jameis Winston, who's just chucking it left and right to, you know, both teams. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I can see where he's coming from, you know, sort of. Um, you know, just seeing what Bridgewater did 
with that team and catering the Saints offense to Bridgewater. And then you see, you know, what what the Steelers did in in the absence of Ben Roethlisberger and how terrible the quarterback play was. You know, Devlin Hodges had one good game and, and Rudolph was just not good at all. And those I mean, Rudolph has been in the league for what a few years now. Yeah. Um, so maybe he's looking at that. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe that was part of uh, what played into it. Um, and, and you know, just the, the 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 performance of the two teams. But you know, I mean, he could have signed in a lot of different places. I mean, um, you know, the Chargers obviously they they have a new quarterback, but uh, nobody knows how good he's going to be. I mean, Jameis Winston potentially could have started the season for the Chargers. I'm not sure even if they made an offer for him. But there's quite a few teams out there that. Oh yeah, uh, Chicago also another team out there they that didn't, you know, they didn't pick up the have a lot of tender. questions. Yeah, a lot of questions at, at the quarterback um, uh, position. Um, who else? I mean, yeah, they, Miami they, also. Is, is, yeah, I mean, they have yeah. Tago Vailoa, but you just don't know what to expect from Tago Vailoa. For a million bucks. Healthy. Yeah, and uh, and I'm you know I'm surprised that he just didn't stay with uh, even with Tampa Bay. I mean, if, if he's gonna you know sign this sort of a contract with a different team, why not stay with uh, with Tampa Bay? Tom Brady's only gonna pay, play for maybe max two years. I mean, he's not gonna go beyond two years, even if he survives uh, this season. Even you know, so it was it was a pretty shocking move, but. Um, you know, Sean Payton definitely he's proven um to show that, you know, he he knows how to cater his offense to a quarterback, whether it's Taysom Hill or Bridgewater or Drew Brees. I mean, uh, he plays to those players' strengths. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and and they signed another Taysom Hill like player uh as an undrafted free agent this mm-hmm. week. Uh sorry I misspoke. The deal for Taysom Hill was a two year twenty one million dollar deal with sixteen yeah. million guaranteed. But allegedly the Steelers offered him a fairly generous multi-year contract to come and play. I don't, again, I don't know where that money was coming from, uh, but he turned it down, turned down other offers to go and play under the tutelage of Drew Brees and Sean Payton. It's probably a smart move for him, uh, you know, to get, you know, a year of a, a year of bona fide training and education under his belt, because clearly after five years, he had not gotten to the place where he anticipated that he would be in his career. So maybe there's still, maybe there is still hope. Uh, you mentioned Chicago. I mean, Chicago this, this week declined to pick up the fifth year option on Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, so that would have been a mm-hmm. nice landing spot, as you mentioned as well. I mean, I, I think it's probably, you know, again, everything, everything's going to go back to that Jordan documentary, right? You know, he's, he's, <laughs> he's taking a chance on himself, right? He, he's saying that. You know, I don't, I'm not worried about getting hurt. If I get hurt, I get hurt. But otherwise, I'm going to take this $1 million. I'm going to try to get better. And I think I'm going to get mine later on down the road. Uh, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. I mean, so now they've got Drew Brees, Taysom Hill, and uh, Jameis Winston on that team. That, yeah. that could I be mean, and, and a J- scary bunch. Yeah, Jameis Winston and Mariota, they both came into the league at the same time. And there was always a debate as to who would be better, who would have more success. And they're both pretty much in the same boat right now. They're both uh, backups. You know, Mariota is a backup to Tannehill, and uh, now Jameis is a backup to Breeze. Yeah, that's like debating is Lacroix mineral water better than uh, <laughs> store brand mineral mineral water? It's it's uh, neither one LaCroix. of them. Neither one of them is very good. <laughs> neither one of LaCroix's them is very good. It's not. Lacroix. It's Lacroix. Lacroix. It's it's the thing that you put out at a party that nobody wants. It's like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll drink. You know that? that would, I guess I'll drink the that. LaCroix would, 
it would probably taste good with the Southern Comfort Lime mixed with it. Actually, it probably would. You're probably right on that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, some strawberry uh, LaCroix with uh, some of that uh, Southern Comfort Lime. Yeah, something to take the edge off both of those concoctions. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I wish him luck down in New Orleans because he's out of the AFC. You know, as long as he's not in the AFC, I don't care. Uh, so I wish him luck down there. If Drew Brees can't get the ball past the thirty-yard line from his, <laughs> from his own end zone this year, then it'll it'll be uh, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill combo. But Sean Payton will figure something out. And again, it's an embarrassment of riches down in New Orleans. All right, next up, the Chargers were okay either way. The Chargers, the L.A. Chargers general manager Tom Telesco revealed on the Pat McAfee show uh, this week that the team was content to take whichever quarterback fell to them at number six, Kyle Coster of the Big Lead Sports Reports. The Bolts ended up with Justin Herbert as the Dolphins snatched up Tua Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. Well, did I get it? Tagovailoa. Tagovailoa. I got it. I pick earlier. The Chargers wanted to take one of the top quarterback talents in the draft and liked both options that were available. They didn't see a realistic scenario to have or desire to jump ahead on the board to put themselves in the position to make the choice themselves. I really like this story uh, because I am high on Justin Herbert and a lot of people I know. were not. And you've been talking about him for a long time. Now. I have. And Way before the draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm sorry that he didn't fall to the... Well, the Steelers wouldn't have taken him anyway. But he could have fallen to somebody else. Uh, But it's interesting to see that the Chargers did not have a preference there, uh, indicating that their score on on Herbert was a little bit higher than most out there. And, you know, they ended up, you know, they ended up taking who they took. But it was interesting to see that they didn't have much of a preference. What do you think? Um, I mean, it's not shocking. They they need... A quarterback, any quarterback, you know, somebody to build a team around. Uh, I'm not sure if either one of these guys is going to be that great in the NFL, uh, but you know, it's it's uh, they have <laughs> they have absolutely no fans in LA. I mean, they, they need something, some sort of marketing gimmick, uh, you know, to to put um, some asses in the seats in the new stadium right now. And and so whether it's uh, uh, you know Justin Herbert or or uh, Tua Tagovailoa, it's it's something that they can sort of build around market around and uh you know i don't i don't think they're going to be successful anytime soon with either one of these guys no matter who was you know who who fell to them i think they're i think herbert's going to play well i think he's going to play well uh given the beach situation down in uh, orange county and san diego county uh they made a fewer fans in a few weeks than they had leading up <laughs> to the draft uh given the television reports that i'm seeing uh but yeah i think herbert is going to play well they've got the weapons down there they've got the defense down there they've got a running game down there they've got tight ends down there they've got receivers down there i think if herbert can do i just do- think it's a tough division i you know i think the division for them is a little tough uh right now uh, I mean, well, I think, yeah. Any, yeah, any I think division the with the Chiefs will be better. I, th- I think oh, the Raiders will be better. Really? Oh, you, you were you were you were singing their praises like when last was I season. Say, last season? Yes, last season. Yeah, last season, and I'm sure it's gonna be the same thing this season again because they're actually they're a better team this season than they were last season, in my opinion. Um, but collecting you know, they got quarterbacks. The Raiders. I'm surprised they didn't say <laughs> Winston and Hill. And, and uh, you know, Kansas City, obviously, you know, that's two losses for them right there. Um, you know, then they got you never uh, know, you, know Denver, you never know. 
Denver, who also had a really good draft. Uh, you know, Drew Locke looked oh my you know, promising. What? You are grasping. You, were, you, were even, you, you are grasping. You got your you, pull-up bar in there? You were so excited about Drew Locke. I, w- I, I, I was excited about Drew Locke. Segment. We had a whole segment on I, Drew Locke. And I like Drew, Drew Locke. for like half an hour probably when he first started the game. Probably. It was like, probably. Well, I really like Drew up on the big? What's next up on the big board? <laughs> Drew Locke. What's next up? Drew Locke again. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured John L.A. will screw this up somehow. Uh, it's not taking away from, from Drew Locke's talent. Uh, but they essentially did with Drew Locke what Aaron Rodgers was hoping that they would do for him, and they they just loaded up on offensive talent in this draft. So I, I think you're probably right. It's going to be a tough, fun division to watch. Uh, but there's not a, there's not going to be a lot of tape on Justin Herbert and the weapons that they've got down there. Along, I mean, I think I wish they had a little bit better head coach. I mean, I think if they have a little bit better coaching down there. Uh, it might work out a little better, but but the they only have one decent coach in that division, so you know six of one, half dozen of another. But I, I like Herbert, and I think I think they're going to be successful, more successful than, than the I Las Vegas Raiders for sure. He's just shaking yeah. his head at me. He's just yeah. shaking his head at me, pointing I, out all of yeah, my hypocrisy can... and contradictions over the years. Uh, you all, you, if I let you talk long enough, you'll contradict yourself. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But that's you know. I'm channeling Skip Bayless right now. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever I need to say in the moment. Uh, next up, uh, this was, I, I still continue to think that this was interesting. Uh, the New England Patriots did not draft a QB and do not care that they didn't draft a QB. The New England Patriots passed on Jordan Love with the 23rd pick, and they did the same with every other quarterback in the draft, creating a clearer path for Jared Stidham out of Auburn, War Eagle, to serve as Tom Brady, Tom Brady's successor in 2020. Stidham, who was Brady's backup last season after the Patriots selected him in the fourth round, might have the biggest might be the biggest beneficiary from New England's quarterback approach. Still, Bill Belichick isn't handing him the job just yet. Jared had a good year last year, Belichick said. He improved a lot and we'll see where that takes him. Belichick also expressed confidence in veteran <laughs> come on now. Veteran yeah. veteran Brian Hoyer who has started 38 games in his 11 year career. Hoyer resigned with the Patriots in March after being released by the Colts. And this will be his third stint with the franchise. As for the draft, Belichick said that the Patriots were balancing other needs as they considered, as they considered if they felt like they were in the right situation. Uh, Belichick said, we'll certainly draft them if the quarterback was available. We drafted them in multiple years, multiple points in the draft. He said, it didn't work out the last three days. That wasn't by design. We just tried to do the best we could and what we had available to us in the draft. Uh, does this mean that Cam Newton is heading to Foxborough? Franny, what say you about the Patriots? Uh, claiming that they were just drafting by positional need, and when the draft picks came around, they just didn't see the need for a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're they're confident in Stidham. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's actually pretty good. I mean, the one year that Tom Brady got injured, you know, Matt Castle stepped in. They went eleven and five with Matt Castle, and then the next year, Matt Castle goes to Kansas City and just sucks. I mean, I'm not saying he sucked, but he just had a bad season in Kansas City, and then disappeared. Um, so if there's one coach. Yeah, and then disappeared with the huge contract that he signed. Uh, but <laughs> for, uh, you know, I'm not going to put it past New England. I'm not going to put it past Bilicek. 
you know, to be confident in a guy. I mean, it happened with, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with Tom Brady and, and when, God, what's his face? Uh, the quarterback right before him, who was also pretty darn good. Do you remember, Ben? Wait, wait. The quarterback before who? Before Tom Brady. The quarterback, the quarterback that Tom Brady stepped in for. Oh, Drew Bledsoe. Uh, Drew Bledsoe, my God, yes, yes, Drew Bledsoe. You know, we saw the same thing happen to Drew Bledsoe. Drew Bledsoe was pretty good. You know, he gets injured. Basically, his career is finished. Tom Brady comes in. You know, Tom Brady gets injured that one time. Matt Castle steps in, and they still find success. So, I mean, they've had success with uh, Bledsoe, success with Tom Brady, success with Castle, and, uh, you know, maybe Stidham is their guy. Maybe they have that much confidence in him that they don't believe any one of these guys in the draft were going to be better. You know, and, and Brian Hoyer, if he's gonna be the backup, oh, you know, come he's, on. he's he's a he's a decent backup. He's not he's Ugh. not you know gonna Ugh. win uh, a ton of games. Poor but, man, you know, he, Matt he Hasselbeck. He he can step in there, and Matt Hasselbeck. Oh, come on, you, you no, he's a poor man's Matt Hasselbeck. He's like he's like <laughs> well, Matt Hasselbeck kind of light, <laughs> <laughs> extra light, extra extra light. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I mean the the Pats also went out and signed uh, Louisiana Tech's Jamar Smith. Uh, quarterback uh, this past Saturday night and also signed uh, another quarterback on Sunday when they uh, signed Michigan State signal caller Brian Lewerke. So they do have a couple other uh, quarterbacks on their on their pre-cut roster here. But does this what do you think about this Cam Newton? I mean, Cam Newton is still floating around out there. Do you think that this means uh, that the Pats are going to make a run at Cam Newton? I don't Newton? think they are. I don't think they are. Uh, he, he doesn't seem like a Bill Belichick type quarterback. Um, he doesn't seem serious enough or mature enough uh, for Bill Belichick. I just don't see Bill Belichick going out and 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 getting him. What do you think? Uh, I think it's possible. I think if he if he meets with him, I mean, Bill Belichick has proven that he is willing to take chances on on guys later in their career, people that were malcontents, for lack of a better word, at their at their previous franchises. If he meets with Cam Newton and is satisfied that Cam Newton is going to be willing to be a serious, committed quarterback, uh, open to coaching, open to change, I think it's possible. And given the fact yeah, that, but not at the quarterback in other positions, yes, positions, yes, but the quarterback position. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, there's a, he likes vanilla ice cream for sure. I mean, he <laughs> likes vanilla ice cream with no hot fudge. You know, you got Drew Bledsoe, you got Matt Castle, you got Tom Brady. You know, he likes it as bland as it comes uh, at the quarterback position there is no personality no controversy uh nothing to speak of in terms of you know anything that's at all interesting uh, at the quarterback position under bill belichick but i i think he i think he knows he can't go the distance with either one of these two guys and he's going to do something i, I don't think we've heard the last of, of bill belichick at the quarterback position this offseason flacco? flacco still out there he's, he's still hanging around flacco's got talent I, actually he he's got would. talent he would actually, be, I think, he'd be an excellent fit. I think uh, so too. For, I mean, he's, yeah, not, he's, he, he is like the poor man's Tom Brady. That, that's well, the, the really poor man's arm. The really poor man's he, Tom Brady. He, the under the bridge Tom Brady. He, he did. He he did win a Super Bowl. He did win a Super Bowl. Oh, he's yeah. a Super so Bowl. Did, so did. What about what about? Did Rex Manning? Grossman win a Super what, Bowl? Do you think, or he, he think went to a Super Bowl? Would Eli Manning? Eli Manning? No, no, maybe? no, no. Well. <laughs> God, that would be something. You know, that would be cool. You know, that would be cool. Eli Manning. God, that would be cool. He's, he's <laughs> that would be cool. I think he's also he's out there, right? He's out uh, there. He's retired, but um, yeah, he's out, he's out there. Yeah, but he's a miss. You know, I'm he's, sure he would. He's a Mississippi. If Bill Belichick calls you up. Or New Orleans. If Bill Belichick calls you up and says, uh, "You know what? Would you mind uh, coming back to play football for me 
Uh, you know, I think Eli Manning would be like, uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, let me talk to my brothers and my dad, especially. <laughs> my dad knows best. My dad, he he played for the Saints, I think. Yeah, I, I, I he would. That God, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. But he's what? He's yeah, thirty-nine. He's older. He's older How but old he's got is a lot he? of experience. Is he not even forty yet? Is he? I don't think he's forty yet. No, no I don't think so. He's not, he's pretty close, but he's not there. You know, oh, damn, yet. that would be so awesome. So. Yeah, just, I, I, just, I hope this season. Ha- I hope head. this season happens. I gotta hope this season happens <laughs> because there's so many interesting things going on uh, in the off season that this is going to be a really fun season once it gets off. Uh, next up, Friday, Deshaun Watson. The Texans are expected to exercise the fifth year option, uh, 2021 club option for quarterback Deshaun Watson. This is according to the Houston Chronicle. Uh, it's essentially a procedural formality because the team intends to negotiate a huge deal with a two-time Pro Bowl selection. Watson's fifth-year option is projected to be $17.3 million. Negotiations haven't launched yet per sources, but are expected to eventually heat up. What do you think about Watson? How much do you think he's worth uh, when they negotiate this options. long-term deal with him in this offseason? They'll probably get it done before the season starts. Bill O'Brien and, I mean, and Sean- Watson. Yeah, but Deshaun Watson is—he's uh, a great quarterback. He's—he's—he's—he's he's uh, he's got a lot of talent, uh, and he's proven it because you know the organization is not managed that great. Uh, if I was him, I mean, obviously, I mean, he's going to go after the money. He's—he's going to try to sign the largest contract. Obviously, he's going to worry about himself. But if he—if he's worried about his career and his legacy, I would get the hell out of uh, Houston right now because <laughs> he ain't going to do that. It doesn't—it doesn't seem like Bill O'Brien knows what he's doing. He got rid of his best weapon there. I mean, he's 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 trading guys for nothing and picking up other dudes uh, to take their place that are not even half the the level of those guys that he got rid of. Um, but I would definitely, I, I would, if I could get away from uh, Houston, I would. But I don't think he will because they will offer him a ton of money. Yeah, I mean they're gonna have to, and he's gonna have to take Marshawn Lynch's advice. Thank you, y'all. Chicken. I mean, he's gonna have to. Look for a long-term deal, probably uh, near or close to what uh, was negotiated on the last couple big deals. Not not quite what Mahomes is going to get, but it's going to be it's going to be pretty damn close to that. Uh, I think mm-hmm. he's going to stay in Houston. I think he's probably worth. I would say 35, 34. 30, 35, yeah, probably thirty-five yeah. million dollars I mean, a year. He's worth more than Dak. I mean, I mean, I mean Dak should pay attention. He's like the Michael now. Jordan of the NFL. I mean, the things that he's able to <laughs> yeah. do to get out of trouble I mean, are pretty great. amazing. You know, him and Mahomes are, are right now the, the yeah. you know, the, the two great young talents, you know, in the league. I mean, obviously there are other great quarterbacks, but these guys came in about the same time. And, uh, you know, they're both very good. They both are going to get very large contracts. And I don't know why the hell Dak Prescott thinks he's on the same level Not even close. as these guys. You know, he's, Not you should close. get a Tannehill type. Uh, contract. I mean, not a yeah. Deshaun Watson, not Mahomes type contract. I mean, Mahomes is better. Um, so yeah. Oh yeah, Mahomes is. But you give, but you give Watson yeah, the kind definitely. of talent that they have in in Kansas City. Those receivers, mm-hmm. that running game, that coaching staff. I I I think Deshaun Watson could get to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl with the kind of supporting cast and supporting coaching that they've got in Kansas mm-hmm. City. I, I would give the guy thirty five million guaranteed. Over yeah. four or five years. I mean, what else I'm are you going to do? I'm going to take a half shot. All right. I'm just going to take a half shot because I said it's uh, Dak a Prescott. negative thing about Dak Prescott not being as good as these other guys. He's Here we go. Really We're going to talk. Did we talk about the last dance? Did we talk about the? 
Let me get a text tomorrow. Did we? I didn't listen to the podcast. Did we talk about that? I think we <laughs> should probably talk about Better Call Saul right now. <laughs> I don't remember what the hell I said. I really don't sure? remember what I said. Are you sure Scotty Pippen played with the with the Bulls? Are you sure? <laughs> Is that the team he was on? I could have sworn he played with Houston. Uh, but Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, though. <laughs> yeah, but he definitely deserves uh, a huge contract, and and it, and he's not going to leave Houston because there's just not a lot of teams out there that are going to pay. Him. That are going to pay him, and that, and that need. A, they're I mean, they're going to drop. If they're going to pay him, at least get rid of Bill, Bill O'Brien. I'm sure a lot of uh, Texans fans out there would be happy if Bill O'Brien was fired oh, because yeah. he's he's proven to be very incompetent. Oh yeah, the most uh, the most interesting part of this draft to me was. How many teams think they have quarterbacks that don't have quarterbacks? <laughs> How many teams think they they had the luxury of passing on a quarterback that was available? Well, Steelers because they oh, Steelers were shocked. Yeah, but I mean, they have but they, but they have band. been Roethlisberger. Uh, but there are teams out there that passed on quarterbacks but that for how should long? not have. You know, for how long? That's true. But but at least next year. I mean, there are, there are teams that, that that passed on quarterbacks that just it blew my mind. Uh, that quarterbacks were able to go to Philadelphia. They were able to go to uh, Green Bay. I mean, there there well, are teams Bay, that yeah. there are teams that did not need that quarterbacks that got quarterbacks because they were available even later in the second and third round that were available because their team somehow strangely believes that they do in fact uh, have quarterback. I'm surprised that John That's Gruden didn't take every quarterback that was available at the at when the it came up in the draft. Most important position in sports, <sighs> you got to have that brain back there. Yeah, I mean, it just blows my mind. Um, the Steelers will do something. We'll do something. We're going to take Byron Leftwich out of retirement. <laughs> hey, Eli Manning. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that would be something the Steelers would do. Uh, next up, we just want to talk about a little bit uh, the, the free agents that are still out there at some of the more important positions. Friday quarterback, Cam Newton. We just talked about him a little bit. Flacco is still out there. And mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. favorite, Blake Bortles. AFC championship game playing in Blake Bortles is still available out there. Can you believe it? Yeah. I, I would fucking like, take Blake Bortles uh, over, over Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. I don't know, man. I don't know about oh, that. I mean, they wouldn't yeah, have over, any more success. Did you, you might see? As well take... Did you watch the games last year? Did you see? Hey, you're the one who got the jersey. You got the jersey. Uh, he did. Well, he won two games in a row. I mean, that's. I, I thought maybe. <laughs> yeah. We'd... Then he lost. He proceeded to lose. You know, quite a few there. Uh, not yeah. Quite NFLshop.com. He, 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 give me my fucking. Give me a discount <laughs> on that jersey, please. You only sold ten. Hey, we should. We should. We should raffle it off, though, Ben. We, yeah, we, we should, will. Uh, we will know, raffle it off. We'll get. The, we'll get yeah, some more. Devlin Duck Hodges, that's going to want it back. It's like, yeah. hey, can I have my jersey back, man? But we should. We'll raffle, uh, we'll no, raffle it's, that it's off like as, a, as a gag gift. <laughs> you know, Bortles and Trubisky are almost the same player. I mean, Trubisky is just the more modern version of uh, of Bortles, and that's why nobody wants him. He's just not very good. He's not, but at the backup position, I am surprised that nobody has made you know made an offer at Flacco or, I mean, Flacco especially. Uh, Flacco is a competent backup yeah. quarterback. I mean, I cert- if Roethlisberger went down, I'd certainly rather have Flacco back there than Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. And you can probably get Flacco pretty cheap. Uh, next up, running back position, we got Lamar Miller is still out there. Devonta Freedom, Freeman from your Atlanta Falcons is still out there. And Carlos Hyde is still out there. What do you think about these guys still not yeah. getting picked up? I think the Steelers should look into those guys. All of them? No, well, at least one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Uh, well, I think Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde has. Uh, he's, We're he's not had, the Eagles. We're not going to have five quarterbacks on our or five hey, no, running backs I'm on our roster. I'm, I'm very, 
Very happy that Corey Clement, Corey came Clement back is back, yeah. To the Eagles. Yeah, that that guy, what he did for us yeah. uh, in the Super Bowl was amazing. I'm glad that, you know, <laughs> uh, he is back once again with the Eagles to join that backfield. You guys I'm, I'm are to happy. running backs what John Gruden is to quarterbacks. It is you can't <laughs> have too many. None of them are actually starters, but you can't have too many of them back there. Uh, but I mean, I think Devonte Devonta Freeman is a, is a solid is a solid running back when he's healthy. Yeah. Obviously, he's got mm-hmm. you know he's had a lot of injuries over the years. Uh, yeah. You know, he's too banged up to probably be an every down back. But it would be an, he'd be a nice you know a nice player to have for the fourth quarter for for a deep run into the playoff. I like Carlos Hyde as well uh, and Lamar Miller. I mean, I, I'm just shocked that nobody has made a run. At any of these guys, yeah, so or far. even the Seahawks. I mean, the Seahawks also at the end of the season they lost pretty much all of their running backs. So, uh, might be a good idea for them just to, yeah. I mean, it might be a good idea. I mean, because you don't know how healthy those guys are going to be coming back. You know, oh, well, nobody knows when the season is. It will start exactly, but you know, it would be a bad idea to maybe pick up one of these guys as you know an insurance policy. Yeah, and and, <laughs> you know, and their cap in there, and they don't look that bad. As a just in case, yeah, and their cap yeah. and their cap is is not terrible. Uh, yeah, I'm actually no. a little bit surprised that they haven't gone after going after a running back but i, I suspect that they're that they're gonna roll the dice Wait, did they, with what did they, they have draft one? maybe they drafted one i can't remember if they, they did. drafted they did uh, yeah actually they did yeah, yeah. so yeah. but they've still got you know obviously i mean carson come back healthy uh that's obviously the goal and you know we'll see i mean they're back the guy i can't remember the guy's name that came in after carson went down but he actually played pretty well uh and then he mm-hmm, went down mm-hmm. So, uh, wide receivers, Taylor, uh, Taylor Gabriel is still out there, uh, as well as Chris Hogan. I don't know why Chris Hogan is on the list of notable free agents. Yeah, I'm not sure That why. shocks yeah. me. Uh, wide receivers are like, you know, I don't know, flowers in the yard. They're, they're, there's, there's no shortage of them. Uh, Jordan Reed, tight end, good, is still uh, out there. Good analogy. It's a terrible analogy. What's, what's like something that. That was awesome. What's something that they have a lot that, that there are a lot of that are very common? You know, wide receivers are not that like hard to find. Like oxygen yeah. in the air. Like <laughs> oxygen in the air. Not that hard to find. Uh, Jordan Reed's still out there. Tight end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's just uh, always had his health issues, yeah. and, uh, unfortunately. I mean, if he was a healthy tight end, he'd be one of the best. When he yeah. plays, he's really good. Yeah. And I've always liked him. I mean, he, and he played on a not a great team for most of his career. You know, fortunately or unfortunately, as the case may be. Uh, you know, we're looking, uh, next up, we got schedule alternatives, uh, next year, uh, they're thinking about potentially constricting or, or contracting the season, uh, to replace all bye weeks. So there will be no breaks in the season all year next year. And they are announcing that the schedule that they're going to release in the coming weeks, it will include the 17 game schedule. Uh, Friday, what do you think about adjusting the schedule, both the start date uh, getting rid of the bye weeks so that the 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 bye weeks will coincide so that there will be no break in the season. What do you think about that? If there's 17 games and no break, that's Is that's that, intense. Yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that that seems like a long. That, that's, I mean, it's difficult for players to get through 16 games straight without a bye. I mean, 17 games. It's a little too much. Um, you know, if, if anything, you know, if, if they if the season cannot begin on time and they want to try to get the Super Bowl sometime in February, then, you know, possibly a 15 game season with no buy, um, you know, that's manageable, I would say. But to have 17 games with no breaks whatsoever, I think that's a little too much for the players to handle. Yeah, I mean, two weeks of the early season will be shifted all the way to the end 
And the third week would feature teams that are only playing opponents with the same bye week. So that week could be cut and buys eliminated league wide. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's maybe that's why that seems a lot of people wanted extra quarterbacks. <laughs> not, not the Steelers. No. Well, Ben Roethlisberger could play an 18, 19 game season. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do you think about about you know rejiggering the season, announcing a seventeen game season that probably is not going to happen, uh, but mm-hmm. announcing that at the very least if they, or, if they start two or three weeks late, they're just going to get rid of the bye to not push the Super Bowl and the playoffs out too long. But if they go with the seventeen yeah. game slate, they're going to have that extra the extra playoff game. It'll be the same weekend, but they'll be an extra yeah, or, playoff or game. Or if they're you know looking looking to do you know a seventeen game season, why do seventeen? Why not just leave it the same? Let's go with sixteen. Do the bye week, do it like they did last year, and then move it, you know, to uh, you know to the 2020, 2021, season where they begin the seventeen game season when things sort of get back to normal. I mean, we see so many sporting events have been pushed into twenty twenty one, the Olympics, yeah. European Championships, and soccer. Um, so, I mean, if those if they're able to do it and push it out, uh, you know, I, I don't see why the NFL can't do the same exact thing. You know, I, I know they voted uh, on you know the seventeen game. Uh, season, but you know, with the circumstances the way they are, you know, you can still do 17 weeks, but let's do 16 games with that one buy. Let's just keep yep. that the same. You can add that extra playoff game if you want. Um, but I know, I know there's like they're, they're, they're trying to keep the Super Bowl in February, they don't want to move yeah. it, you know, beyond February. So if that's the case, then you know, just give the players a buy. I mean, you know, there was focused on player safety. 17 games, that is a little too much, a little too hectic for the players. Well, they say they're focused on player safety. That's like Amazon saying they care about their warehouse workers. They claim. (laughs) Yeah, they claim. (laughs) They claim as long as the, as long as the package is here tomorrow, that's, you do what you got to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, as safe as you need to be to get it here tomorrow. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I think they've got a, they should have, they should definitely, if they need to play fewer games to make sure that the season is not overly, um, impactful on the on the on the bodies of the players so that the playoffs will be as fun as we expect them to be uh because if you beat these players up over 17 weeks with no buys uh even if you constrict the free season the preseason down to one or two games it's still i think i agree with franny it's it's too much it's too much uh next up roger goodell Roger Goodell announced this week, uh, and Art Rooney, the second, announced this week that Roger Goodell has, in fact, foregone any payment, any salary for the remainder of the 2020 season. Goodell will not be paid for this season. What do you think about that, Franny? Taking, drawing no paycheck. It normally makes about $30 million a year. If I made thirty million dollars last year, Ben, I wouldn't care if I was paid for the next ten years. That's true, but <laughs> but not a lot of people do this. I mean, we we you know we were talking. Yeah, no, I mean, good for him. We were talking good before him, the before but... the podcast about you know all these companies that are putting in for this PP, PPP, uh, you know these big big companies that are like, well, I have to take care of my employees. I wanted an extra twenty million. Uh, you know, it. I give I I don't give Goodell a credit for very much, uh, but clearly they can afford to pay him, uh, but they're not. Uh, he's not, you know, he's not expecting to draw a salary. He's not going to draw a salary. So I, I give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's a lot of, uh, what was that? Sound like a motorcycle going by over there or maybe it was a, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm in the garage, but there, yeah, I have, uh, there's a door open over here. 
Uh, I didn't think you could actually you know, oh. hear it though, just to let some air in here. I was like, "Ooh, there's a motorcycle going It is, it is pretty by. warm, man. It's it's been warm, and man, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is like summertime already. Yeah, for all of our listeners out there, I mean, since uh, since early April, it's been about 90 degrees almost every single day here in LA. And next week is gonna be like almost 100 degrees a few days there. So yeah, that's when my doors open, and that's why you hear that really mo- loud. I like muffler. it. I like the, the hell that was. Yeah. Uh, so the league actually also cut uh, executive level pay five uh, percent for manager level staff or uh, or more seven percent for directors ten percent for vice presidents twelve percent for se- senior VPs and fifteen percent for executive vice presidents so the the league is cutting salaries and I think this is this is a rare moment of smart PR uh, for the NFL so I give them credit for that I did uh, actually. You mentioned that the Olympics were pushed forward. I heard something yesterday that I hope is not true, but I wanted to get your opinion on it. There, there's talk of uh, if the Olympics are have you know have to be played or have to be adjusted that they could potentially allow esports in the Olympics. Franny, what do you think about that? Just putting uh, well, e I mean, in front of something is... does not. Just putting e in front of something does not <laughs> mean that the thing that follows it is actually what you say it is. Esports are uh, not actually sports. Yeah, but it, it is it is global though. It definitely it's it's a global uh you know phenomenon. I mean everybody around the world in every corner of the world plays um you know esports. I mean it, it's in every single country. I mean just oh, like for sure. Uh, but is it an actual more, sport? Or is it a video uh, it game? Is, I mean it's it's it is obviously it's a video game, but um, you know there it is very popular though. You know, oh, so you I, can I bet think, on it. Oh yeah, you can you can bet. Up. Have you tried bet? No, but I you can't can bet on a lot uh, well, of stuff. We'll, you could. We'll see if the NBA and the NFL get canceled, and then and then we'll. I might be betting on some, mean, I, a snooker. I, th- I think they're just uh, you know trying to get some more viewership. Uh, you know, for the Olympics. Um, you know, the younger generation. I mean, I mean, obviously, me and you, Ben, we're you know in our thirties and and forties. Well, thanks for um, that. Thanks for that. <laughs> and so you I know, appreciate we, that. <laughs> You know, we uh, we're we're uh, you know we be, we we become accustomed to the the regular sports, uh, you know the the track and field and the basketball and and uh, you know rowing and and sailing and all that stuff. Um, but you know, just a few years back when they adopted, I think it was um, skateboarding into the Olympics. Everybody thought that that was a pretty stupid idea to allow skateboarding. Like everyone's like, that's not really a sport. But it is also global. Everybody around the world has athletes that are in uh, skateboarding. And I think, you know, the viewership maybe, you know, was a little bit younger for those sports. And I think they're trying to find new people to watch the Olympics in order to, you know, make some extra money to fund the games because it's, you know, there's not so many countries that bid on the games anymore. A lot of these countries lose money now yeah, most. On, on the games. And so I think this is just a way to get more viewers and more money, um, you know, to the games. And it's not that much money either. I mean, if, if you're just going to have a, a TV and a PS4 hooked up to a TV or whatever, a gaming system or this and that, it's really not that much for the Olympics to do. They could do it no, very easily. and then. But at least skateboarding is physical. I mean, at least you're actually on yeah. the skateboard. Yeah, but also... Uh, snowboarding, you know, when, skateboarding. Uh, it, was, it was controversial. Yeah, it was controversial with the snowboarding too. And, you know, I enjoy snowboarding because I I'm love a little sco- bit I love younger. It. I mean, but then like anybody that's 60 or 70 years old, like this is not a sport. It is. I mean, I mean, it, they, I mean, X Games got so is. popular that they they had to. I mean, the X Games. I love the X Games. I mean, yeah. uh, not as much with the motocross, but the winter X Games are fun as hell to watch. 
Yeah, I think so too. But I, you know, there there are so many. I mean, there there are people on like uh, what is it Twitch that watch other people play yeah, that's video true. games, which is weird to me. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. It really doesn't make any sense to me. But if you can, I'm gonna listen to a podcast it, later. Can... Do you want to come watch me? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, it's, and there are people that record. But that's a weird thing to watch, too, for, right? I mean, that's a weird thing. You no know, video. Yeah, that's true. I guess uh, to me, video games are weird to watch. But you know, I I had a buddy at work who watched God, this famous. Uh, he was younger. He's younger than me. He's he's in his early twenties. But he watched, and it made no sense to me. He watched uh, this world famous dude play a video game, like like a world famous video game player. That makes absolutely no sense to me. But those guys exist. All right. Fair enough. All right, Franny, we're about an hour in. <laughs> we're about an hour in. Yeah. Uh, you want to take a quick break? Uh, make sure we're okay with the audio. Yep. yep. And then we'll get back well, to Otherwise, you. we might have to start all over again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, folks, we'll be right back. All right, and we are back. And uh, Ben, I'm sure you have a promo uh, for one of our fellow podcasters out there. I do. Uh, thank you all to all of our fellow independent NFL podcasters out there. We do this for the love of the sport, for the love of the game, not to make money, not to get rich, although that would be nice at some point. Uh, but thank you all to, to the fellow podcasters, to our colleagues. Uh, so we have a promo from a really great podcast from across the pond. So many great NFL podcasts from the UK. We'll be right back with one of them, the Snap UK. Hi, I'm Paul, part of the Snap UK podcast team. The season may have just finished, but we continue covering all the latest news in the NFL, whether that be draft, free agency, or anything that happens. During the season, we cover every game from kickoff to Super Bowl and have in-depth opinion on our website and Twitter. Whether you like the game or four guys laughing about it, we have you covered. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you use, or at the Snap UK on Twitter. Let's do this. All right. That's a shout out to the Snap UK American Football Podcast. This is a great podcast from across the pond. These guys do it and they do it right from the depths of the home counties in southern UK. Some great guys. They discuss all the goings on in the NFL every single week. You can get a link to their show, their podcast and their website on our or in our show notes and you can link to them on twitter at the snap uk franny what's next up on the big board uh next up on the big board band we have our tag team news our thirst and goal news if you listen to the podcast in the past you know that ben is a huge steelers fan especially devlin duck hodges oh, fan and i i tried i tried <laughs> I tried. You did. You did, but you tried your best and, you know, you failed miserably. I'm sorry about that. Well, he I failed miserably. Am an I succeeded. Fan. <laughs> I succeeded no, in did. my fandom. No, he did. No, no. He's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm an Eagles fan. And Sonia, who may or may not join us, she hasn't uh, really. She was on last week. I think she was on the podcast the week, week before. before. She is a Seahawks fan. And Ben. Is there some news this week? Did you find some news? Were you able to scrounge up a little bit of news for our tag teams? 
Yes, much like my childhood in upstate New York, I lifted up a rock and I found some <laughs> grubs and worms and centipedes that are the tag team news. Uh, we had a little bit of news coming out of Eagle Home Country. Uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, Howie Roseman was left uh, this week to try to explain to everyone and anyone why the Eagles went out and drafted Jalen Hurts. Uh, the Eagles general manager, Howie Roseman, is still explaining the thought process for why the Eagles decided to select Jalen Hurts in the second round of the NFL draft, especially when the team already has a franchise quarterback in Carson Wentz. The decision itself has nothing to do with Wentz's status as the Eagles' starting quarterback. Roseman made it clear that Wentz is the QB1 for the Eagles in 2020 and beyond. Now Philly has an excellent insurance policy with Hertz. With the expanded NFL regular season on the horizon, and in fact, potentially happening this year, the Eagles clearly are getting ahead of the game in terms of knowing the importance of the backup quarterback position, especially given the injury history of Wentz, who has experienced two season ending injuries in the regular season and has never started and finished 17 games in any season. Uh, they went on to win the Super Bowl championship with Foles. Uh, and if they're going to go on and win the Super Bowl this year, they're going to have to play 19 games. In the future, that will be 20 minimum, Roseman said, on the Marks and Ree show on Sports Radio 94 Whip this Monday. So you want to make sure you have depth. Whip. We're trying to build cool. the best Whip. team we could possibly, we possibly can. 53 guys and have as much quality players as possible at every position. The expanded season will take its toll on player safety. The maximum amount of games a team will play in a regular season will be 21 starting in 2021, the most in league history. With the quarterback position, the most important in football, the Eagles aren't taking any chances, especially with Wentz missing eight regular season games over the past three seasons. Frane, what say you about Howie Roseman's explanation that they're going to play 17 games this year and potentially as many as 21 in 2022? What say you about the explanation? Mm-hmm. Um, I, mean, I, I can see why he's had to explain the decision. I mean, taking a quarterback that high in the draft with so many other holes to fill, you know, fans are going to question it. You know, the media is going to question it. Um, but, you know, when I, the more I think about it, 20 games to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and, you know, with, with the injury history that Wentz has had, it's, it's a good idea to have a backup quarterback um, that is, so, I mean, obviously we don't know how good Jalen Hurts can actually be, but, um, you know, he, he was, uh, he was highly touted, um, you know, coming into the draft. I mean, obviously I think last year, was he eligible last year? I think he probably maybe would have been a first rounder, maybe last year yeah. if he was eligible. Yeah. I'm not sure. He was um, and, 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 you know, not sure. Yeah. Even, even this year, um, you know, there, there were folks saying that he might go in the first, but you know, he, he dropped down to the Eagles in the second round and, you know, with once his, uh, injury history, I don't, I don't, I don't think Howie Roseman wants to say that. Um, but, with the history that he's has had, it's always good to have a backup quarterback for Wentz just in case. Cause, you know, we saw what happened when they won the Super Bowl. Foles had to come in. We saw what happened this past season, um, with, uh, with McCown having to come in. And, you know, if, if McCown was just a few years younger, who knows what would happen in that game? Cause even he became hobbled in that game himself. Um, so, you know, to have a good, solid backup right now in the league is more important now than more than ever, really. I mean, 
the Cowboys obviously listened. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting explanation, and it makes logical sense, right? You know, if you have to win 20 games to get to the Super Bowl, you know, it would be nice to have, you know, some options at the most important position on the field. Uh, they didn't take him in the first round. They did take him in the second round after, you know, a questionable pick there in the first round. <laughs> Either way, uh, hey, you know, hey, I, I, don't, hey, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with stacking your roster with cheap quarterbacks. Uh, you know, he's not going to be a particularly expensive quarterback for a number of years. He's not going to get a lot of playing time, especially if Wentz continues to stay healthy through the bulk of the season. So he's not going to cost them a ton of money. Uh, I, I don't hate the move. Uh, considering the Eagles' history at drafting wide receivers, which would have been likely where they would have went with that pick had they not drafted Hurts in, in the second round. So I, I, I don't mind the decision, and I don't mind the explanation. Uh, what do you, you yeah. know, he went down in the Super Bowl year. Yeah, I, th- I think. No, I think Harry Roseman is being criticized a little too much. Um, you, you guys know, are by, acting like Giants fans. fans. You know, with this pick, I mean, I, but that's that's you know, you know they 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 um any any fan. I mean, every fan has issues with uh, this draft pick or that draft pick. I mean, you go on message boards. I mean, Donovan McNabb was booed <laughs> out of the queue. <laughs> you know, I mean, you have these guys exactly, and and, and so um, you know, fans they get pissed off. They think they should have taken this guy and that. I mean, they're obviously not paid to do the job that these guys are are paid to do. And and you know, Harry Roseman recently won a Super Bowl. Well, he didn't win it, but I mean, he put a team together that won the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna have faith in in uh, in Howie Roseman, and and you know, going forward, we'll see how this turns out. But we won't really know, uh, you know, for the next few years. Draft picks, you have no idea until two or three years after that draft how good that draft class actually was. So. Yeah, exactly. And I don't mind it. I mean, I, I, you know, I wish oh. the Steelers would have taken a quarterback. You know, when they had the opportunity there in the second round, they did not, and. Mm-hmm. They had a later opportunity as well to take a quarterback, and they did not. Uh, <laughs> and so a later after that again, yeah. So <laughs> you know, uh, you saw what happened to the Steelers last year without without Roethlisberger. Yeah, we were a game, uh, we were a game away of, from from getting to the playoffs, mm-hmm. but we have we would not have went deep into the playoffs even if for some strange reason we were able to sneak in instead of Tennessee last year. We would not have gone deep. Yeah. And, and you know, we saw what happened with the Saints. I mean, the Saints they brought in Bridgewater. And uh, Bridgewater five is a talented, experienced quarterback. And, uh, you know, he won five straight for the Saints. Yeah. And, and then and they put them in position for a bye. Vikings. Yeah. But I mean, you put them in the yeah. position to have a bye. I mean, I think that they didn't end up with mm-hmm. a bye uh, because there was a little bit of strange trickeration there at the end of the year or at the, yeah, at the end of the mm-hmm. season. Uh, and I think the Saints didn't have a bye last year, did they? I think there was a. The, the, no, no, no. They they played. Uh, they played in the first round. They yeah. played. They lost to the Vikings. Yeah, I can't remember who it was that, that booted them out of that first round bye. The Vikings. Uh, or no? Uh, oh, you mean oh? Oh, there was a whole bunch of stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, right at the there. end of the was, season, uh, they were they were all the, set up for a bye. The Seahawks had to beat the Raid or the the Niners, and then. Uh, I think it was the Green Packers had a win, or it was it was crazy. Yeah, it, it, but it, it was happened. A crazy finish to the season, but there was a whole bunch of stuff that could have happened there. But yeah, I mean, I, I actually don't mind this move at all. Uh, collecting quarterbacks, it, it, especially quarterbacks of an unknown quantity, are, is not a terrible idea, especially when you get them cheap. And you know, if Wentz goes down again for the third or fourth time in his career, mm-hmm. it would be nice to have someone other than Sudfeld or whoever it is back there <laughs> that's backing up Carson Wentz it's right Sudfeld. now. 
Uh, it would be nice to have someone better than than Mason Rudolph or Duck Hodges after you've put two hundred plus million dollars into this team and you decide to roll out Duck Hodges as your starting quarterback. I, I think that's irresponsible. So I, I don't I don't disagree mm-hmm. with Howie Roseman's approach here. I don't. Is it's easy to find other guys to fill in at other positions, but you can't find anybody mm-hmm. to fill in at the quarterback position in the middle of the season. That is extraordinarily hard to do. Uh, next up, we have the Steelers in a move that surprised no one. The Pittsburgh Steelers on Tuesday morning announced they're picking up the fifth-year option on outside linebacker T.J. Watt. A first-round pick in 2017, Watt's standard entry-level contract was for four years and $9.3 million under the CBA Teams had until May 4th to exercise this fifth year option. The salary, the salary is the average of the third through the 25th highest paid veterans at the position. Last year, under a slightly different formula, a 2016 round pick linebacker had his fifth year option set at nine, 9.5 mil. Uh, the CBA also allows teams to negotiate long-term contracts, and they almost certainly will do this with T.J. Watt, but he'll be making about $9.5 million, clearly the best Watt playing in the NFL right now. <laughs> you know, this isn't really news, but at least it's 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 something to be excited about, the fact that we have yeah, yeah. an outside <laughs> linebacker of T.J. Watt's skill level and his his courage, his work ethic. He just He played lights out last year with Bud Dupree, I mean, it's just really nice to have a defense in Pittsburgh again that you can be proud of. And T.J. Watt is a big part of that. Yeah, any, any thoughts? I, I completely agree with you, Ben. I could have said it. I could could not have said it any better uh, myself. But you know, watching T.J. Watt out there, you know, he he you can tell he 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 is um, you know one of the top defensive players on uh, the Steelers team. Yeah. I mean, you, know, you you can you can tell that he definitely makes an impact on that team, and it's a good move by the Steelers, obviously. And and, that, and like you said, it's really no surprise. Um, but uh, you know, I'm sure contract negotiations will start uh, with him, and he and, des- and he deserves it. And he I don't know if, if you know the Steelers are going to have to make some wise financial decision decisions in order to keep him too. Yeah, that's why Hargrave is on your roster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm happy about yeah, that move. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Can't keep everybody. Uh, next up, the Seahawks. I did want to have Sonia's comments on this because the Seahawks are cleaning house. The dominoes resulting from the Seahawks loading up on offensive linemen the past few years, although Russell Wilson what? would never know it. Uh, the dominoes yeah. continued to fall on Sunday. The team released Justin Britt and DJ Fluker. And moves that cleared out roughly twelve point million in salary cap space, although there is a rumor that they may re-sign Fluker. Fluker revealed his release in a tweet, and it was confirmed by the Seattle Times. A source also confirmed that Britt would be released, news which was first reported by the Athletics Aaron Fentress. Uh, Britt further confirmed his release, posting a peace out symbol on Instagram on Sunday. Quarterback Russell Wilson also tweeted a goodbye message to Britt, stating in part, thanks for all the focus and hard work and love you brought to the game, but I'm not sorry to see any of my offensive linemen go. Uh, but it looks like they're probably going to bring Fluker back. Uh, they saved a little mo- bit of money on the salary cap, but they're probably going to re-sign him. But it was it was news to me that the the Seattle Seahawks have been picking up tons of offensive linemen because from what I've seen on the field, it doesn't appear that that is in fact the case. I know they drafted a couple uh, this year, but G.J. Fluker is a solid, solid offensive lineman. Uh, Kenny Britt's not the greatest offensive lineman, but uh, or Justin Britt, sorry. Uh, thinking about yeah, wide receiver, Brits, uh, <laughs> but he uh, <laughs> wrong, de- yeah. wrong position. But I like Fluker, and I mean, it looks like 
there's still there's still a really significant work in progress the offensive line in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty scary. And for so many years, I mean, you would think they would get it right eventually. It's like the the uh, the cornerback position in Philadelphia. It's like eventually you would think they would get it right, but just teams, I don't know. They, they, it's 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 that one position that they struggle with all the time that they just can't get right, like Chicago and quarterbacks. Yeah, and this is what keeps the Seattle Seahawks away from that championship game and away from that Super Bowl after that that early run with Russell Wilson. It's that offensive line which is keeping them from reaching the promised land. Mm-hmm. All right, Franny, what's Next up on the big board. Next up on the big board, we have the return of your feel-good story. Last yeah. week, we were not treated to your feel-good story, That's ben, but I'm That's so true. excited, so excited to hear what you have for us tonight. I do. I mean, last week, can you imagine <laughs> if we had the feel-good story on top of the uh, the three hours? Uh, it would be a four-hour four four hour hour podcast. podcast. Uh, but yeah, we'll be right back with our feel, our tag, our thirsting goal. Uh, feel good story of the week. So hold tight, everybody. All right, Friday, we are back and we have our feel good story of the week in a Seattle heavy episode. Marshawn Lynch, any opportunity I have to mention Marshawn Lynch, you know that I will do it. Uh, Marshawn Lynch donates medical relief masks to Oakland COVID-19 relief effort. Uh, Lynch, who turned 34 years old on Wednesday, the All-Pro running back has apparently spent his last day as a 33-year-old giving back once again to his hometown Oakland community. Uh, played for the Seattle Seahawks, was spotted in a, he didn't even, he didn't even call the news outlets, the radio, stations none of it he did this all under the radar uh did not publicize it at all uh he was spotted donating medical face masks at several locations this past tuesday uh donated to the alameda food bank the alameda point collaborative uh 7500 masks between both spots uh, donated thousands of masks uh, around the city to food banks and to lower served communities as well as as you know sort of local medical facilities that were helping out uh, the core population in Oakland uh, you know published some pictures they the only pictures you can find are on Twitter none of them were posted by Marshawn Lynch himself and he did not call the media to get this donated uh, but Mama Lynch on Twitter, of course, had to shout out her son as she always does, saying, "I told y'all I got a real one here." Uh, but he was uh, take. There were pictures taken outside some of these community hospitals, food banks, and collective locations around Oakland. Uh, so I just wanted to shout out Marshawn Lynch because again, Marshawn Lynch is doing the right thing for his hometown community. Was passing out masks. Uh, sort of on the, you know, in the parks and along the, along, uh, Oakland communities on a golf cart, sort of, uh, mm-hmm. last weekend or the weekend before that. So I just wanted to shout but out I, I w- Marshawn Lynch. I mean, it, I mean, Marshawn Lynch, I mean, he's, he's, he's a class act and he's quite the character. And, and if he's passing anything out, I can't see him doing it any other way. I mean, you know, he, he, he wouldn't just drive around in a truck handing him out. I mean, he, no. he's got to do it in a golf cart, dropping this stuff off. Um, to uh 
to anybody that needs really a mask and, and uh, good for him. I've always liked Marshawn Lynch. Uh, even, even if you're uh, a fan of an opposing team to the Seahawks, you still have to respect him and like the guy. He's just, he's just a great guy. Uh, well, probably one of the funniest guys in the NFL. I mean, his, his post game interviews and, and I mean, they were just so much and, and so entertaining and um, good for him. Good yeah. for him for doing that. I love me some Marshawn. I mean, it, yeah. is it proof that you can do, really amazing things in a non-traditional way, you know, mm-hmm. in, in a mm-hmm. way that doesn't follow the same sort of typical script yeah. and, and in a way that is just so interesting uh, to both the community and to everyone else. I mean, I, I just really hope he comes back and plays at least part of the season with the Seahawks next year, because he's just so much fun to have, you know, in the public spotlight and in the news uh, Marshawn Lynch, thank you for what you're doing for your hometown, and, and I know they truly, truly appreciate it. So thank you. All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we're going to talk a little bit about the Last Dance. Oh, I love and, it. Uh, and and, and I, there's been four episodes so far. I've watched all four, Ben. You've watched two. Uh, if uh, I'm sure all, all of our listeners, I mean, at least in the U.S., should know what the Last Dance. I mean, it's it's basically um the only thing that espn has new right now because there's no live sports there's nothing there's no curling this is the only thing that ESPN is actually airing that's actually you know brand new and not some nba classic or you know a curling classic or this classic or that classic um this is this is a new program um and it's basically a documentary on the last season of the Chicago Bulls with Michael Jordan, the 97-98 season, their sixth championship uh, season there in uh, in Chicago. And, and you know, I love Michael Jordan. I mean, you know, watching Michael Jordan play was such a treat. Waking up in the early 90s, at least for me, it was the early 90s, Ben. You probably remember, remember For me, it was also the early 90s. That. It was also the early 90s for me. <laughs> but you remember him from, you know, when he was drafted. I was born. I, the year he was I, drafted. I was in high school when he was drafted, yeah, <laughs> in 84. Thanks for that. And, and, and so, you know, just waking up and turning on NBC and hearing that music, that dun 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 you know, like that yeah. classic dun, dun, music, dun, dun, and just dun, dun, waking up to watch him against New York, against Indiana, against the Cavaliers, against whoever. But I so thoroughly enjoyed watching those Bulls teams and Michael Jordan. I mean, I, you know, I'm a Lakers fan, but I was rooting for Michael Jordan in the early 90s. Oh, of course. I mean, Michael Jordan was a beast. I mean, Michael Jordan was the man. And he still is. Oh, for sure. All right, so we'll take a quick break, and we'll come right back and talk about The Last Dance. All right, and we are back. And uh, Ben, you're uh, slowly catching up to where I am in the series. I'm savoring. Uh, I'm savoring it like a fine wine. Yeah. <laughs> tomorrow's episode number five and six. It seems like every Sunday night, ESPN airs two episodes. And Ben, what did you think about the first two episodes? I, I, I you know, I have had people that you would not expect reaching out to me to recommend that I watch this. People that don't watch sports, people that are not particularly interested in basketball, uh, are really enamored with the series, and now I see why. 
Uh, I mean, it's a, it's at least the first two, and I assume that the the third, the fourth, and the and the fifth through the tenth are going to be as good, if not better. Uh, it, it was just. You know, even if you didn't live through it, which uh, Franny and I, I mean, he was a little bit younger than me, uh, but but we were able to live through this. I was able to live through this almost as an adult and to, to watch uh, and relive what happened uh, during those early years of Michael Jordan and up through those first five championships was really, really amazing to watch and, and to learn about all of the internal drama the idiotic notion well the idiotic notion that found its way to fruition ultimately of rebuilding that team prematurely uh i mean it was it was really really interesting and and especially learning the backstory scotty pippen's upbringing which i was not aware of uh with his dad and his brother uh michael jordan's upbringing i was fairly familiar with uh, but to hear from Steve Kerr to hear from Phil Jackson to hear from Jerry Reinsdorf to hear from Jerry Krause, to hear from uh, many of the people that they played against. I mean, it was really, really well done. What did you think, Franny? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I mean, it's, 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 an, it's an excellent documentary. I mean, you know, I was just excited um, to watch it because, you know, it's, it's sort of based on, on Michael Jordan, but also that Bulls team that I enjoyed watching so oh, much for God. so many years. Um, you what know, a- I, I don't remember the 91. I seriously, because I, I was young. In 91, I was fairly young. I don't remember watching that Bulls team, but I remember watching them from, um, I think it was about 93 when they beat the Phoenix Suns uh, in the final. And that's when I was you know, a little bit older, uh, more able to understand the game of basketball. And then, you know, obviously, you know, Jordan retired for a little bit there, but then he came back and then won three more championships. Yep. Uh, but even, even back then, as a young kid, I realized his excellence and, and what a great player he was. I mean, it was like, there's everybody else. And then there's Michael Jordan. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was some great players in the NBA at that time. I mean, Reggie Miller was awesome. I loved watching Reggie Miller as well. One of my favorite players, but he was just on a different level. And I just love watching, um, you know, the backstories of all these guys. And, you know, I, I don't even remember, you know, that Pippen was underpaid as much as he was, and, uh, you know, for him to um, to be as level-headed about it. I mean, you know, obviously yeah. in, in 97, 98 sort of things blew up. Um, but you would think that things would blow up a little bit sooner than that. You know, I mean, Dak Prescott is asking for, you know, $40, $40 million, million dollars. almost for absolutely nothing. The guy has done nothing. Whereas you have Pippen, who is, you know, a multiple, you know, uh, a multi or multiple wins. Or he won multiple championships to that point yeah. in his career. Yeah, they and rolled. he was one of the top players in the NBA. It's not, if not the time. second or third best player in the NBA. I mean, they rolled the yeah. stats across on the both first, first, second, second, first. I mean, and all the stats. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was right behind Jordan. And, you know, you know, we all know how great Jordan, um, how great Jordan is. And, you know, to hear from Phil Jackson, obviously it's great to hear from him too in, in the documentary because he was the Lakers coach for so long. And just to see his pers- perspective on the game and, and to hear in his own words how he felt about certain players or certain situations in that time. I mean, he, he's, he seems like a very, very intelligent man. Oh, and yeah. realizes why he was such a good coach uh, for those teams. I mean, obviously he had some of the greatest players, um, but, uh, you know, yeah, just, but, just because you have great players doesn't always no. uh, mean you're going to win championships. 
I mean, and to watch Jerry Krause be so smart and so stupid at the same time, uh, to decide prematurely that Phil Jackson was going to go, to decide prematurely mm-hmm. that the team was going to be broken up, but at the same time to realize the asset that they had in Jordan in the late 80s and to completely restructure that team around him, to make trades of beloved players that were on the Chicago roster, to bring in players that were more complementary of of Jordan style and Pippen style to make the trade with Golden State to bring to recognize what they had in Scottie Pippen out of Arkansas and to make that trade before the draft with Golden State so they knew that Pippen would end up on on their roster and to get him so cheap for so long uh to allow them to fill out the rest of that roster but then at the same time to be such a, an asshole uh to players <laughs> yeah. and such an asshole to coaches and 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 be so enamored with his job of restructuring and rebuilding the roster uh to put to put his sort of his his job ahead of what he had right because they could have stayed together longer i mean they could potentially have ego, stayed together longer i think his ego he he just wanted you know he, he wanted the people to know that he was the reason you know he wanted the recognition you know you obviously did a good job putting the team together good Great for job. you Great but job. you didn't you didn't play the games you didn't coach the team you brought the right players together good job kudos step back get paid and uh you know do it again yeah but that 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 was a little disappointing i'm sure it's disappointing now for a lot of chicago fans that are watching and and realizing that you know there could have been maybe another championship here or there uh you know after that last and final season could have been at least eight in a row could have been at least eight in a row same as that's the same way Lakers fans feel with the, you know, Kobe and Shaq separating, uh, you know, after 2003, where there could have been more championships, but it's just what happens in sports. Yeah, they're definitely. Yeah, I mean, not, I mean, Shaq was sort of getting near to end there. Um, so they, they, they did more championship though. With the Heat, but he was he was <laughs> without Kobe. But he was not. He did not have Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant's work ethic in terms of his body. Oh no, no, no! Obviously not. No. But, but to, but to watch the beefs, force, I mean, the beefs were mm-hmm. so, I mean, it was just shocking to see the kind of arguments that, that, that people had yeah. and, and, and to see the different perspectives, to see, to see Jackson say, I understand what Scotty's doing. I understand mm-hmm. exactly why he didn't have the surgery and Jordan saying, fuck you. I don't care. If you, <laughs> I don't care if you make a dollar to play this year, you should have had the surgery in the, at the end of the season and been here to play right now. Even though yeah. I make fifty then, times what you make, you should fucking be yeah. here right now playing. And Jackson taking the more level head approach, like I get it. He's frustrated. Seven years, eighteen million dollars. Uh, when guys are making ten times that amount, uh, yeah. or ten times the amount he was making per year, that he was a hundred and twenty second highest paid player in the league. And you saw how they imploded without him on the roster. I mean, struggling to beat the Cli- oh, yeah. to, they, to beat the Clippers, struggle. losing you know starting to, starting the season five hundred or below five hundred. Yeah, no, but it's, it's that. But that's you see Michael Jordan's mentality, and and yeah. and he was only focused on one thing, and that was winning. I mean, he hated to lose. He didn't lose that much, but when he did, he really hated it. He didn't want it to happen, and uh, you know, just just. Uh, you know, just just hearing from him in his own words, um, you know, it's it's very very interesting, and uh, you understand why he had so much success. I mean, you have to ha- you have to be sort of a dick to have that much success. I mean, you have to be very arrogant. You have to have a lot of pride in order to be as successful as he was. 
and uh, you you sort of see it, you know, come yeah, out in the interviews. Yeah, there. and that was some of the beef um, on Kobe, right? I mean, and he was too much of an yeah. asshole to his teammates, right? Yeah, and you saw Jordan do that, especially when when Pippen was out. And 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 you have to be Michael Jordan to be able to tell your, you know, to go on national television and say it's more important that we get blown out by the Celtics than it is that we get we have a chance at a top seven pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, most m- most most franchises would probably just sit the guy down and say we're we're not yep. going to win this game. <laughs> we are not going to win this game. And when what's his name uh, Saxon was no not what. Uh, Paxson. Paxson, Paxson makes that shot yeah. <laughs> uh, to to actually yeah. send them to the playoffs. You can see Jordan still to this day laughing about that. Uh, yeah. That well, even Paxson's like, I hit yeah. the shot, like this weird shot, and and it was it was like an awkward looking shot when he took it. I, you know, he probably didn't think he was going to hit it, but he hit he did. <laughs> and they had no chance of beating the Celtics. I mean, even Bird said that was the best chance or the best team that he ever played on. Five, you know, five Hall of Famers on the starting roster. And and to watch him put up sixty five points in that second game, still lose, but but clearly, you know, that's got to be an amazing mental. Uh, I mean, just the strength that you have as, in your psychology to know you're going to lose ultimately, but still do it anyway, and put yourself yeah. at at f- physical and emotional risk, even though you know you're going to lose. You know, there's no mm-hmm. way they were going to beat that Celtics team. And to still go out there, give up the draft pick, and and score sixty—I mean, sixty-five points—it became a lot. I mean, that, that it's that, a lot. It became, it's still it, a lot to score sixty-five yeah, points is, right but, now. I mean, they're not doing not too many guys. With, I mean, you know, obviously, you got Harden scoring fifty, or you know, I'm sure he scored sixty, but um, you know, but in a pointless, meaningless effort, right? Yeah. Exactly. I mean, he's just going out there and just chucking balls up, and and you know, he's nowhere near, uh, you know, Jordan's level. Uh, as far as talent, but he's just, you know, if you take 50 shots, you know, you, you can score that many points. Whereas Jordan did it more cerebrally and, and, and he was just so much smarter with the game. He didn't, he, you know, he had a pretty good shooting percentage too. He wasn't a terrible yeah. shooter. I mean, oh, he yeah. did everything so well. Um, but so no, it, it's great, Ben. And, and you know, you just watched the first two episodes. Yeah. Uh, the next two, you know, they talk a little bit about Detroit. I'm not going to go too much into it because you haven't watched it, so I don't oh, want to spoil anything I love for those you. Detroit. Yeah, um, I love those Detroit you, games. You, you kind of understand why Jordan has some animosity towards Isaiah Thomas, who was also an excellent player in his oh, time. Excellent player, um, complete douche, but excellent player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> terrible coach, terrible but, general yeah. manager. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and uh, not the greatest commentator either. Um, white teeth, though. But, you know, some white they'll, teeth. They'll, They'll kind of talk about you know that in the next couple episodes in episode three and four, and then yeah, you know, but, I can't but wait that's to watch what I five miss. and six tomorrow. But that's what I miss about about those yeah. those years. And there was there's no beef in the NBA right now. Nobody doesn't. Yeah, there's no. nobody that dislikes. There's no. I, mean, I don't think legitimately. Now that, yeah. Now that Kobe's gone, I don't know. If there's anybody that cares anywhere near as much about winning or losing as either one of those two. Well, think, and, and he reminds. I, I mean, think, and, and watching it in these different eras. Like I grew mm-hmm. up as a young person watching those, and I don't think I'll ever enjoy basketball yeah. the way I did watching those Bulls series, regardless of who they were playing. Indiana, New mm-hmm. York. Uh, I used to, I used to just look forward to those Sunday, just regular Sunday games, because back in the day you couldn't get all yeah. the games on TV like you can now. Um, you know, looking forward to those and listening to that music in the United Center. I just, I could, yeah. it gives me tingles just thinking about it. But watching him and then you watching, you have to find that. You see, when, when we, next time, next week, Ben, we talk about this. Yeah. You're going to find that music before. That's going to be our lead yeah, yeah, yeah. to talking for about sure. the last for dance. For sure, and just uh, there are there are striking similarities that I see now 
living in Los Angeles since 2000 and growing up in New York watching those Bulls games, there are more similarities between Kobe and Michael Jordan than, than I would if you'd asked me last week before I watched this, I would have said that the similarities were less than than I would say this mm-hmm. week. They they were v- very very similar you know in terms of their approach to the game. Very similar. No, but it was it's I mean it's it's a great show. And for anybody out there that has not watched it, definitely recommend uh, the last dance. It seems like uh, everybody that's talked to is watching it. Um, and Ben, I mean, obviously it was recommended to you, but you know, everybody at work that I talked to is is watching it. Has watched at least one or two episodes. Is still catching up. Uh, but it's it's a it's a it's fantastically done. I mean, you know, the editing and and just uh, the the jumps in time from '98 back to when these guys were you know little kids growing up, and then back to you know '98 again or somewhere in the middle of their career. That kind of shows a transition of of their play, you know, in the NBA and and how they became like Rodman. Well, you haven't gone this far, Ben, but how Rodman was with Detroit to yeah. who he became with Chicago, and it kind of shows you his transition, you know, from from when he had no tattoos on his body uh, to you know multicolored hair with you know piercings Meeting and everything, with Kim going to Vegas and partying yeah. and yeah, <laughs> well, not that far. <laughs> well, no, but, but I mean, uh, <laughs> quite a transition in his life. <laughs> yeah yeah but it's 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 great it's an amazing it's an amazing documentary yeah but i mean a couple things that just i mean first of all this is now i know why i like corvette so much gotta be michael jordan <laughs> michael jordan always sporting the corvette in the 90s for the record gotta love that um and you know and pippen i didn't know that he walked on or tried to you know he was a ball boy at the university of central arkansas i didn't realize that he was that it was so hard for him to get his start and then to go from whatever it was, five foot eight to six foot one to six foot four to six foot seven, like in, in just a, a such a short period of time. I don't know how that happens. I got to one height and I stopped. And he like in high school, yeah. I just got to that height and I never got taller. I, I may have gotten shorter actually. And to not get injured. <laughs> and, to not, and to not get injured. I mean, yeah. I have. But uh, it's a lot of these, a lot of basketball players though, they're like, you know, six one. When they go into uh you know into a uh, maybe their their sophomore year and then by their senior year they're like six five six 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 seven I'm like man why did I stay like five nine or five ten or whatever tall I am I just like stopped it's genetics stopped baby like <laughs> and there's a lot of danger I mean and I guess I mean I have a, a a colleague at work her son is a really good basketball player and as his growth growth plates were forming in his legs and I guess this is something that does happen fairly regularly. Uh, if you're growing too fast and you're playing basketball, especially basketball when you're jumping and landing a lot, uh, he broke both his legs. I mean, he, uh, on just a routine, on just on a routine jump, jump shot came down and and both of his legs broke. And it's it was especially when you're growing that quickly. Uh, you know, a lot of physicians mm-hmm. won't even let guys play a, a lot of minutes when when their when their body is doing that. And mm-hmm. you know, he was able to get through that. And and go on and get you know and I just love that interview where he didn't even know he got traded to the Bulls. Mm-hmm. You know he didn't even they just interviewed him as he got drafted by Golden State. You're like you you know you realize you got the wrong hat on, and he, you could see <laughs> on his face like he legitimately did yeah. not know. No, and, no Instagram back then. That's yeah, for sure. And to hear him say like he was that Bulls is one of the greatest franchises and a lot of and everyone wants to play. I'm like, oh, uh, like you got, you got a different you got a different Bulls team in your head. Than was than the reality of what the Bulls were at that well and since then. Yep, yep. 
but it just took me back to the time of basketball that I really loved uh, because it was physical, because there were real rivalries, because it it just it was much more in, intense and less collaborative and collegial than it is now. And I just it just took me back to the to when I really loved basketball. Mm-hmm. Anything else to say about the last dance? Uh, no, I mean, I, I just can't wait for, uh, for tomorrow night's episode five and six, Ben, you're going to have to catch it up. I will catch up. I, I didn't want to overdo it. Um, because I really, I mean, I enjoyed it and I saw Rodman's face, you know, it, it started, it started the second or the third episode. And as soon as I, I knew it was going to be about Rodman or a big chunk of it was going to be about Rodman, I was like, I want to be in the right frame of mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because guys, the guys like that don't exist anymore. In the NBA, there aren't very many guys like that that don't care about shooting the ball, that don't care uh, whether or not they are, you know, in the limelight during the game to just be a flat out, you know, rebounder and enforcer the way he was. There just aren't that many people. Well, the, the, the rules won't allow it, but you, but you, there aren't that many guys like that anymore. And just, I remember watching just him talk trash game after game after game and getting people's heads. And it was so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, he, even with Detroit, he was uh, sort of like that, but just you know, minus the the tats and the piercings, and, and he was a mild mannered guy know, before overall that. Overall craziness. Yeah, yeah. He was he was just a normal. He's. I mean, I, I, you know, he was like Steph Curry. He's, like, yeah. Let me let me open the door <laughs> for you, ma'am. And then all of I don't a sudden, know if he was like that. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, funny. No, but it's a Go great ahead. show. What's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, is our shot of the week. It is not Cinco de Mayo just yet, but it's uh, sort of Cinco de Mayo weekend. And uh, the shot that we have uh, tonight is in honor of oh, uh, Cinco de Mayo, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's a very popular drinking holiday here in the U.S., maybe not so much around the world. I don't even know if it is in Mexico even. I'm not sure if if Cinco de Mayo is as big in Mexico as it just happens to be here in the U.S. It just seems like everybody just loves to drink. It's almost like St. Paddy's Day. Yeah. It's just a drinking holiday. More fun now because St. Paddy's Day is sort of (laughs) off the East Coast is sort of not celebrated as much, I don't think, anymore. Yeah. Uh, but out yeah, here on the I West Coast, Cinco for sure. de Mayo is sort of yeah. I think maybe Cinco de Mayo is like the the West Coast version of St. Patty's Day, right, Ben? Uh, it's yeah. something like that. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's gotten more popular over the years, that's for sure. Um, and uh, tonight, the shot is in honor of uh, Cinco de Mayo, and unfortunately, I can't be drinking it tonight because uh, you know, you know, Ben has some of the ingredients at his place, and and since I'm not in the studio under the canopy, um, you know, Ben will be. Uh, tasting and reviewing the shot for tonight. And you can find the shot on Instagram and Twitter. It's a very nice picture. Very nice shot you put together, by the way, Ben. I'm extremely, I'm so impressed with right. how you put that All shot right. together because you're All not very right. good at it. All right. I'm going to go, I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go grab it out. It's, it's on, it's being cooled right now. So I'm going to grab Chilled. it and we'll be right back. All right, and we are back with our shot of the week. Ben, you just grabbed it from the fridge. It's nice and chilled. Ugh. And uh, what's in the shot, Ben? Well, the, this the, was the your looks idea. Amazing. This was your <laughs> idea. So, and neither of us are a big fan of tequila, but uh, you know, being uh, Cinco de Mayo weekend, uh, you know, tequila I thought was appropriate. So this is 
Patron Silver with lime juice shaken with uh, a little bit of Tabasco. It was actually not Tabasco, but it was the Cholula, yeah, Cholula, Cholula hot sauce. Probably more. I mean, I could if you see the shot, you could see the orange in there. I probably went a little bit too heavy on the hot sauce. Uh, shaken. I think so. Over ice, uh, poured into a shot glass with the rim of the shot glass uh, being completely crystallized with uh, what do you call it? Tahin. 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 So mm-hmm. tahin around the rim. Uh, straight Patron Silver with lime juice with uh, Cholula hot sauce and shaken and poured into a, a shot glass. And it looks really nice, but I have a feeling uh, I, I don't get scared of shots very often, but this one, mm-hmm. be prepared to talk after I take this shot. You know, I think I because think, I may not I be think, willing, uh, I, may, I may not be ready to talk right away. I think it would have been a good idea to put maybe a garnish of some lime on the rim that we can just kind of bite into the lime after, you know, sipping down uh, the tequila. So, I mean, I hate, I hate tequila, Ben. I know keep you talking. Don't like I'm going to grab either. I'm going to grab a slice of lime. Keep talking. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> well, just pause it. Just pause it then. All right, Ben. And uh, I hope you did pause that. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. But okay, great. I don't so have you, any lime. You grab the lime. Yeah. I think it's okay. Well, I, I, was that a lemon? Yeah, I didn't have any limes today. Yeah. Because I wasn't drinking I, any I think it's a good idea. Just have uh, a little... something to bite into because I know how you react to tequila and it's not yeah. the best reaction. So just be prepared all right. to, to, to carry so, the podcast uh, for the next few minutes. That's all I'm asking. I'm going to take a little, a little shot of the Evan Williams with you. I don't have anything else please, right now. I have please, a, please, a small shot right over here. Because I'm afraid of it. I, I don't get. A, I don't, I'm not scared very often, but this one scares me. Are you ready? <laughs> and uh, cheers to you, Ben. Cheers, happy cheers, Cinco de Mayo. Uh, you know, to Cinco de Mayo. Here we go. And uh, to drinking together, at least on the podcast. Exactly. Cheers. Here we go. Mm. Ah, all right. Ooh. Go back and. Biting into the lemon right there. Actually, Ooh. you're not gagging as much as I thought you would. It's not that bad. It's not yeah. that bad. I think I think the lime juice kind of helps it, right? Ah, it's actually not that bad. <laughs> wow. Spicy. Sure, a little bit spicy, right? It's spicy that they actually I think you wanna you wanna I mean I know what are we calling this shot, by the way? We're calling this the Cinco de Solo? The no solo de Mayo. Solo de Mayo. You're licking the tequila oh. off of the rim right there. Does that help? It does, but the, but the I know they say, <laughs> but not uh, as bad as you thought, huh? Tabasco to taste or Cholula to taste, or could you do Tapatio in here as well, or no? Is it similar? Uh yeah, I'm sure you could probably do um, you know Tapatio or, or just anything spicy. I guess you know throw it in there. But I would do. I would go heavy on it. I mm-hmm. recommend going because I went a little heavier on the. You could see it in the shot glass. You could see the orange of the Cholula sort of uh, mm-hmm. in within the tequila. I mean, I think the the shot itself, the perfect one that you see online, is much more consistent. Sort of the consistency of it, same color all the way through. But I like shots mm-hmm. that are a little bit more like the the different ingredients are sort of bleeding into each other. But this one, wow. I would go heavy on the hot sauce. The hot sauce saved it. 
the lime and the hot sauce <laughs> saved it. The tequila, pretty you can taste the tequila, but the, but the we had a shot because I didn't go heavy on the lime, but I went heavy on the yeah on the on the on the hot sauce. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we we've had a shot where we had some hot sauce in it in the past. It wasn't this particular one. It was, it was uh, the ingredients were similar but not the same. And I wasn't a big fan. I'm not I'm not a big fan of hot sauce in my drink. But also we didn't mix it together. We kind of just poured it in. And it was sitting on the bottom and, and sort of maybe coagulated at the bottom. And maybe that's why it wasn't as good. But, but do you have the ingredients for this at home? Uh, I do not have the ingredients. No, I, I, I have uh, I'm going to drive one. I'm going to drive one over to you tomorrow. Actually, maybe I do. I'm going to drive one of these over to you tomorrow. I have, I, have, uh, I have Patron and I have hot sauce. And I don't have lime juice, though. I don't have lime juice. but uh, Amazon you know, Fresh. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're delivering right now. That, but I, 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 I didn't. I mean, we're not going to be able to do it this year. We're not going to be able to have a Memorial Day party this year, unfortunately. Typically, uh, for those that know us, typically we have a you know a sort of a Labor Day party, Memorial Day party, July Fourth, sometime in there, and we always have a holiday party at our house, uh, or at least we did before the podcast. Um, would be nice to make this at our, at our next legit get together. I would like to make that shot. I like it. Yeah. Get together stopped once the podcast started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think, well, I think we did one around the holiday. We lost a couple friends along the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, we'll, hey, hey. Uh, but our, it's our, not our fault. They don't, we invite uh, them on the podcast. It's not yeah. our fault. All right. You know, well, we don't even solve. expect them to be good. Just just come on and, you yeah, know, be willing exactly. to, I mean, to say something. We're not something. that great either, but we have fun. It's about having fun. It's about having fun talking about, you know, the subjects that you have to talk about. And, uh, hey, if they don't want to be on, that's their problem. Not ours. <laughs> but at our, yeah, at our next get-together, I'm, not really, I, I'm but, gonna, uh, <laughs> that's true. But I'm going to make that. That, you, you go a little bit heavier on the hot sauce. Uh, mm-hmm. The lime, I think, in the shot that they... That they did online. There was a lot of lime juice in there. It was yeah. They put a lot of lime juice. It yeah. was like but half you, tequila, you half highly, lime. You had some highly concentrated lime juice right there, though. You know, I think it needs to be like regular lime juice, not the highly concentrated yeah. one. That you know, yeah. So I didn't. But, you know, I'm glad that it was good. Yeah, I went like one. Maybe it was three quarters tequila. It might have been actually like more like six ace tequila, two ace lime juice, and mm. then it was probably almost a tablespoon. Of hot sauce in there, and then mm-hmm. you know the the tahini around the rim. But that was that's a solid shot right there. And I don't say that very often. Usually they're too it's sweet good. or they're nope. That was good. All right, we highly recommend it. I'm that's gonna good. I'm gonna give that shot a nine out of ten on Franny's shot scale <laughs> for the shots that he's either made or forced me to drink. I bet he was thinking this would be a disgusting uh, yeah. shot if I made I, it. Uh, yeah, no, but I'll, a lot of my shot ideas do come from tipsy bartender and uh you know if 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 uh if you want uh you know any sort of uh drinks or or other sort of concoctions for a party um you know i definitely recommend going to tipsybartender.com there's so much on there yeah and i love so that guy's voice drinks. i love and, man there's there's I love that guy's pages voice. yeah i know yeah yeah there's just pages and pages and pages just of tequila uh shots and cocktails and there's vodka whiskey i mean what rum you know, whatever you like, there are, there's I'm hundreds, if not thousands of recipes and, and, uh, it's a great website to check out. Oh yeah. And, and the key to a shot with tequila is to use good tequila. 
I mean, you don't have to use you know, yeah. you don't have to use Walter White's tequila yeah. at one hundred and ninety dollars a bottle or whatever <laughs> yeah. it is. But the, this is not a shot for Mezcal or Cuervo. You got to use a decent tequila, like a silver tequila. Nice. I like. I don't mind Cuervo though. But I'm it wouldn't. Right it wouldn't. It wouldn't have gone well with this one though. You need a a a, a, a higher filtered tequila, I think, with that particular shot. Yeah, like uh, Don Julio. Don Julio is also that would have been a good one. Yeah, that would have been a good one. Yeah, that was the night we went out to a Mexican restaurant nearby here and and got a little uh, toasty with drinking several (laughs) several tequilas. I mean, it's just amazing the things that you remember now. You're like, oh, I remember Sonia was. We were talking last night, and you know, somebody on one of the late night shows we were watching was like, "What do you miss the most?" They were like going over what they missed the most, and one guy's like, "I just want to go to a bar and watch a game." And I was like, yeah, yeah that's what yeah. I want to do. And she's like, we never went to the bar. Watch it. Ever since the podcast started, we never went to the bar. I was like, you know what? You're right. You know, because we sort of stopped <laughs> going to the bar on Sundays to watch to watch the games because we would watch them here and, and sort of remember what happened so we could talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting, the little small things that you that you miss. You know, I can go shopping for groceries, but sitting down and watching you know, four or five innings of a baseball game right now would seem really, really, I might even watch four or five really innings. Really interesting right now just to sit there, have a couple like American beers, like a couple, you know, you know, Miller genuine drafts and watch a half a baseball game <laughs> would be, would be like a vacation right now. All right, Franny. All right, Ben. What's next up <laughs> on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board is our beverage of the week, our brown of the week. Uh, we haven't had a cognac on the show for quite a while, and uh, so I'm excited to try this cognac. It is the Remy Martin 1738. And uh, Ben, do you have some information for us? You said their website is is pretty nice. Yeah, they actually. And I would expect it to be. Yeah, they actually have a pretty good website. We'll start a little. French music here. We gotta have a little French music if we're gonna talk cognac, right? Uh-huh. Uh, Remy Martin. This is the Remy Martin. I can't do any accents. People yeah. that have listened uh. should know I can't. Uh, Remy Martin, seventeen thirty-eight. This is a beautiful cognac. Behind its regal appearance lie mellow and rich flavors that are smooth and well balanced on the palate. Authentic cognac deeply rooted in the terror and tradition once honored by the French king himself. Uh, the nose is generous notes of plum and fig, marmalade, rounded out by intense oaky notes to toffee and toasted bread. The mellowness of butterscotch and baked spices with hints of dark chocolate is the taste. And the body is exceptionally round with a creamy aftertaste and a concentration of nutty aromas imparted by a careful blend of eau de vie or eau de vie aged in toasted French oak casks. The fruitiness is a two out of five. The smoothness is a four out of five. The opulence only a cognac could get rated in opulence and opulence three out of five and the length on the finish is a three out of five Friday, what do you say you want to give this cognac oh, yeah, so what I'm, I'm excited so what i'm excited uh, about trying this you know one. what what prompted you to you know to opt for the uh the cognac this week the 
Uh, oh, I mean, it's been a while since we've had a cognac on the show and, and all of the cognacs that we've had so far, uh, whether they, you know, 20 bucks or 30 bucks or 40 bucks, um, have all, we've, we've enjoyed every single one of them. Um, and so I figured that we would enjoy this one. This one has some very high ratings. Um, you know, a lot of the reviews online are excellent for, uh, this cognac. Um, it is, uh, you know, it is described as sort of between their VSOP and their XO. And, uh, you know, their XO is, uh, that's a $180 bottle of, uh, of cognac right there, Gulp. which is something I wouldn't spend on. <laughs> I wouldn't spend that much on, on, uh, on most drinks. Um, and, uh, their VSOP is $40. So it's somewhere in between there, but the price of this particular bottle is $50. And a lot of folks out there that have tried it have said it really does taste closer to their XO. I've never had the, the Ray Martin XO, but a lot of them, uh, a lot of the reviews do state that this is a very good cognac and just the smell, Ben, have you smelled this thing yet? I mean, it is I have delicious. Not. It smells, I mean, it's, it's fruity, it's floral. I mean, you, you definitely do get that, that apricot, that plum, you do get that fig, you get a little bit of honey, almost like a maple syrup. There's that sweetness to it. It is, it is, wow. It, it smells delicious. I mean, it's just something you don't get from, you know, the scotches or the bourbons or the rice. you know, you don't get that spiciness to it, but you definitely do get that sweet floral fruitiness hey, and uh, you're describing yeah. yourself very well there <laughs> yeah, but give, it a, give, give it a smell though ben just 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 uh nuzzle it and 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 uh mm. i mean the color is amazing the color is a, yeah, it, it's a deep copper mm-hmm. Ooh, that i get the fruit i almost get a plum is there a plum in there yeah yeah it's a, it's a plum apricot um, slight bit of nuttiness as well. I get a little bit of a nuttiness right at you. Yeah, you got a nut palate. Yeah. You got a nut nose. Yeah, well, you got you, 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 <laughs> you can find. You should be on. A, you're you're going to be on the next uh, the next installment of Ice Age. You can definitely find a nut anywhere in any brown liquor. I never smell the. I never smell the nut. It smells so. I mean, this is delicious. I mean, it just smells. There's so much going on. It's like a bouquet of all these different fruits and 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 just floral scents. I know that sounds stupid, but that's kind of what I'm getting. I mean, it's, there's so much there. I get the fake. Um, I get now that I've been to Croatia, yeah. I smell the fake. First, I had a fig for the first time in my life. Like, what? Four years ago? But I mean, you could just, five years ago. I mean, you could. Yeah, but you could just like just sit here and just sniff on. I mean, you just smell it. I mean, it just it's it's it smells delicious. But look at that color. I mean, the color is. I mean, it's a yeah. deep, deep, beautiful. I mean, it's it's not a it's, mm-hmm. a it's it's a copper with a reddish. I mean, reddish tones coming through. It's beautiful. Yeah, it doesn't pinch the nose at all. It's just, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna sip it now. All right, let's do it. Cheers, Ben. Cheers. Oh wow, that's smooth. Damn, that's smooth. Very I mean it's nice. I mean it, it's Oh, it's spicier than smooth. I expected. Yeah, I was gonna say you don't expect that spice. It goes down smooth and then that spice sort of hits you after it goes down. You know what this and tastes then you like? Get, this tastes like the holidays yep. in France. <laughs> 
That's how many how many holidays zero. have you spent in France? Yeah. But this, if I could imagine the taste of the Christmas season, the holiday season in France, this is what it would taste like. This is like the gingerbread version of France. Yeah, I mean it, it is. Um, oh, it's wow. sweet. I mean, it's sweet, but it's it's balanced. Um, so, it has spice, I mean, it's smooth. I mean, it's smoothness has that warm mellow. sort of finish to it, and uh, a little bit of toffee. It seems in there. Um, it's like almost like a like a nice, sweet, warm baked pastry with a little bit of spice, you know, on the finish, and and it is really good. I'm, I'm this is uh, wow. this is some very good stuff right yeah, here. Yeah, the VSOP is a three out of five on the smoothness. And I actually think mm-hmm. I prefer this as a four out of five on the smoothness on the palate on the taste. Yeah, I don't want it to go down too easily. I want a little bit of that burn. You know, if it goes down too easily, then it's like it just tastes a little flat. But this has the right amount of that sort of burn and that huh. spice that kind of hits you at the back of the throat. Interesting. The fruitiness on the VSOP is a four out of five. This is a two out of five. I actually mm-hmm. think I prefer mm-hmm. this to a more yeah, it's not. fruity offering. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it, the length the, on all of these is about the same in in the yeah, but the, in this category. The, the smell Martin. when you smell it, it, it seems like it's gonna be a lot more fruity when you drink it. When you Damn. drink it, that fruitiness sort of. I mean, you can still get a little bit of the plum apricot, but it's not as strong. It's not as pronounced. You would expect it to be a lot more on the finish, but it's really not. It goes down very easily and you get a lot more spice than I expect than I would have expected. Yeah, and I don't need the bite on my throat. But there's not there's not a bite on the uh as you swallow it, there's not a bite on the finish, but the spice stays with you in your mouth. Which is enough mm. to make it not so smooth that you can just, you know, chug a lug, you know, just drink it down. Yeah, and if and if you if you just let it sit on the tongue, God, that's it's a powder. It's almost a powdery. Little bit. You, it, it is. It has a little bit of creaminess to it, but also you get a little bit of walnut right at the end. You don't say. If you just let it sit there, I'm Mister Nut Miser. I'm Mister <laughs> Trees. But you do. You, I mean, you 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 get that little bit of no, you know not no, not like you peanutty, get. but walnutty. Yeah, because you could find on the end. you could you could you can get a Jim Beam. You can you can like smell Jim Beam probably if your neighbors were <laughs> drinking it right now. You could get the, you could probably smell the peanut from over there. Yeah, I you, you don't you don't sense that though. I, I mean, don't. You I, I mean you picked a Jim Beam bit. every time we have done a taste test with Jim Beam, whether it be the rye uh, or the bourbon, you taste mm-hmm. that peanut immediately and just push it away. And Sonia and I are like, well, I don't really can't really tell the peanut. You're talking about walnuts, pecans, peanuts. <laughs> you know, like I a, like nuts, Ben. There's a, li- there's a little bit of a chickpea in here. Yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, but it's great. I mean, this mm. is um, very that, that might be it's one enjoyable. of the best cognacs we've tasted. I, I don't know yeah. in terms of the, I mean, well, we, the cost we've enjoyed- of it. Yeah, we've enjoyed all of them so far, though, which is, you know, it, we, there have been scotches that we weren't huge fans of, some rise, especially that George, George Dickel <laughs> George one. That was Dickel. That, Fucking stop making that, that shit, people. Stop making uh, it, honestly. You know, and, and 
and also, you know, bur- uh, bourbons, um, you know, there are certain ones that we have enjoyed and certain ones that we have not. But it seems like with all of the cognac so far, we've enjoyed every single one of them. And I think this one is the most enjoyable one. Uh, but if you put them down on a table, you know, I think we've had six so far on the show. If you put them all on the table and we taste test them all together, I can't say that this one would come in first place. I, th- I think that Palais that was, um, I think it was a VSOP. That yep. was less money. That one was also very good as well. Um, this is fucking. This is good. Yeah, this one is. This is very good. This very, might be my favorite. It's so a very far good offering because of the spice. Because it's a. It's got more. I mean, at least on my palate, the spice is coming through a lot more, and mm-hmm. I enjoy the spice. That's why I like the rise better than I like the bourbons. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I like the Isla but it more does, than I like the. It does slap you in the back of the throat with that spice. And then it sort of dissipates, and then you get that that um, sort of uh, fruitiness to it—the apricot and nice. the fig. Yeah, the, uh, and then you get—I I get the, the warm nut finish after that. The warm finish. I get a nut. I get the nut in my mouth. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you're used to, you know, nuts hitting you in that area. That's a concentration of nutty. Hey, expect. <laughs> nut, we are an equal nutty goodness. Yes, we're you know no commentary. This is just uh, witty banter. <laughs> It is, concent- no, but this is good, concentration this is, of nutty aromas and, on the body. Yeah, and it, it has has the right. It's not full bodied. Uh, it has a little bit of creaminess to it. I wish it had a little bit more. You know, with with, with as much. Really? Uh, you know, the, that, that I wish it had a little bit more creaminess to it. I get the creaminess. I do. I got a little bit, but I want more. <laughs> you're not making this easy on me, man. You're not making this easy. I'm trying to be a, you know, an open-minded podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but where would you rate this, though, Ben? Where would you rate this on our scale of one being Boddington's, uh to ten? I don't know well, if we've one, had a one ten is, so One far. is George Dickel when it comes to the Browns, right? George Dickel, yeah, yeah. George Dickel, yeah. For, yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm going to give it a nine. Yeah, I would I would also say this is uh it's not perfect, it's not a 10, but it's uh it's pretty darn close. Um and for especially for the price. You know, it's it's um you know, it's 50 bucks, but what you're getting for 50 bucks is a very good quality cognac. Obviously, I haven't had the, you know, $200 bottles of cognac, but this uh from all the ones that we've tasted so far, this is very good. Very complex, very just a just a just a nice sipper, um, and I'm sure this would taste great with um, you know with a cigar. You know, it, it seems like the nice sort of uh, uh, Ooh, uh, beverage to drink. I have some in the refrigerator in the fr- a cigar. Uh, outside, yeah, you know, I have some yeah. in the fridge that I got from a buddy of mine, and mm-hmm. that's going to be something that we do once once we start doing this again together. Once in, once uh, you know, our yeah. our fearless leader Gavin Newsom tells us that it's okay. <laughs> to do podcast together once more. Uh, yeah, he announced that last week. He said uh, barbershops and nail salons will not be on the list of things that will open right away, but the podcasts are integral to the economy in California. And he is, <laughs> he is going to make strong consideration and think deeply about whether or not podcasts can move forward from the same location. But watching these late night shows, I know we talked yeah. about it a few weeks back. 
you don't realize how difficult podcasting is until you watch people that are used to having an audience to tell them whether or not they're doing a good job in real time. Watch them try to operate without the audience. Like watching these late night hosts try to do their job without the immediate feedback to know whether they're doing a, you know, whether they're funny, whether they're not funny. Uh, it, it's really it's really interesting to watch because I found the late night shows to be really dry. Uh, mm-hmm. Trevor Noah clearly is funny. Uh, regardless of your politics, he's funny, but to watch the other people, they're really struggling. They're really struggling to, to get through a show without that feedback from the audience telling huh. them last week. I struggled you know, to get through the show. <laughs> what you're, <laughs> what you're doing, but, but we don't have an audience. No podcast has an audience except for like, some major for podcast. all the different reasons. I mean, as uh, I think I struggled because like, you know, Glenn Livett, uh, that I was sipping on and, and, um, yeah, not, not because I don't have an audience. Just, I think it's just uh, a little too much Glenn Livett. So I took it a little easier this week. Ben, so. Did we talk about, uh, the last dance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I listened to the, I listened to last week's episode and I got to the point where I was like trying to talk about the early episodes and, uh, and you just yeah, completely yeah. just fucking cut me off. You're like, I don't even, you're like, I don't even want to fucking try to remember. I don't want to fucking try to remember what happened in episodes one through six. No, at that point, I didn't want to try to remember. But in all fairness, though, Ben, uh, you know, I had, I had watched all of the episodes, you know, week by week, whereas you sort of binge watched them within like a two Well, no, but I watched the first three like contemporaneously. They were fresh, more fresh in your mind than they were in mine. <laughs> I know, but you were like, I don't even want to. I don't want to. Can we go to talk, episode nine? Can we talk about episode nine? Because you know, all, all I remember is the desert forward. I don't remember anything yeah. after that or before Kim that. Kim deserves a, re- a reward or something of some sort. Because <laughs> there was a lot of shit that happened in those early episodes. You know, all of her yeah, battles yeah. with the old was. man in the desert, you know, trying to, you know, was. all this stuff with the bank. <laughs> Like you were last week, you're like, there was. you're like, fuck you. I'm not, I don't even, <laughs> fuck, we're not talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not a criticism. I tried my best. It was just funny. It's like, I we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Mike's fucking backstory and we're going <laughs> to talk about what happened to the desert. And I don't want to hear any shit out of you about what happened before that. <laughs> all right i tried my best i did try my best though well no i've been i've out. been terrible before i mean even at the end of episodes where i'm like i can't like was i even coherent there at the end of that episode <laughs> all right next up on the big board yes. i give the cognac a nine you give it a yeah. nine we both love this one and and we'll definitely post a picture on instagram and on twitter and uh, next up on the big board ben we have our beer of the week. All right, hold tight everybody. We'll be right back with our beer of the week. All right, and we are back with our beer of the week in honor of Cinco de Mayo we have it's an exotic, Modelo, exotic which, offering this week. Yeah, you can't find this thing everywhere, anywhere, or everywhere. <laughs> you know, it, it is like Ben said. It's uh, it's 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 very exotic, very difficult to find. We were lucky to find one bottle sitting on the shelf in Total Wine. Uh, but no, this is something that me and Ben, uh, we love to sip on in the hot summer months. Usually, 
by the pool. This is something we actually drink by the pool. A lot of these uh, uh, crisp and uh, you know sort of fresh tasting beers we always talk about drinking by the pool or on an inner tube or whatever uh, but this is something that we actually do drink and the reason you know we're we're we're, uh, we're trying this one on the show tonight ben's you know cracking one open right now he's got the cans i got the bottle over here um the reason we're giving it a shot tonight is because you know this is something that we do commonly drink a lot of the beers that's on the show we don't you know drink that often we love to try and review new beers um, but this is a little different, Ben. We're actually reviewing and trying a beer and giving our honest opinion on something that we do commonly drink. Yes, exactly. Sorry, I had my, my audio off there for a second. We had our first helicopter of the <laughs> night flying over, as Franny would say, the old studio. <laughs> yeah, we, we drink so ben, this by the pool uh, we, we, we never, at Franny's house. Yeah, we never really pay attention. We never really pay attention. When, they, when he's overcooking hamburgers and, and steaks... Uh, to to the point where they're just briquettes left to consume. Uh, we drink this next to the pool. But have you gotten sick? Uh, no, I don't. You haven't gotten sick. I haven't. I haven't gotten sick. <laughs> no I mean, salmonella, right? No, the, the creosote is is building up in my in my arteries. <laughs> but other than that, I've I've been good. I have not gotten any food poisoning. Um, I have not gotten any food poisoning. <laughs> but that is the Croatian way. I know that it's to is to take the meat and definitely. Uh, uh, cook it and then uh, uh, cook it again. So uh, that's not a criticism <laughs> at all. Um, but yeah, we would drink this uh, or a little bit of Trying Heineken. To keep you safe. But uh, this, the Pacifico, the Corona, the Tecate, the what am I leaving out? There's got to be a beer I'm leaving out down in 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 Mexico. There's one in a green bottle. Dos Equis. Is that Spanish or is that? Yeah, actually, you know, I, I've never I've never had Dos Equis in my it's life. It's good. It's good. It's very good. Um, but I'm trying to. I know I'm leaving out a a Mexican beer of of one kind or another. But this is the Modelo, and and Friday. What made you think that we should we should taste test the Modelo tonight? Is it Cinco de Mayo? Uh, well, Ben, you know, yeah, Cinco. You know that it is uh, uh, Cinco de Mayo weekend, uh, not Cinco de Mayo. It's not the fifth of May just yet, but it is the weekend that most people would go out and celebrate uh, Cinco de Mayo if we were able to go out and celebrate if bars and clubs were actually open, then I'm sure a lot of people will, tonight would be partying. Um, but since that's not the case, we are going to sample and review a beer that we just drink on the regular pretty much, which is something we don't do when, when you know, when, when, when me and you aren't drinking, you know, the, the modern times, uh, IPA or, uh, what else have we tried more recently? Or the Alagash? We don't, yep. we don't, Alagash is fantastic. The Alagash. We just don't drink it that often because it's, it's not cheap. But this yeah. is one of those cheap beers that you can pick up, that you can enjoy. Uh, but it's not something that we really think about. We just go to the store. We think crisp. We think refreshing. And we just purchase it because you can buy 12 of them for like 10 bucks. So fourteen ninety nine. Um, you know, Ben? Or or whatever. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I bought it. I bought it. I you find a deal, right? I was like, oh, it's fourteen ninety nine. It doesn't seem too cheap. Uh, but yeah, this yeah, is that's the, I, but I mean, but it's it's cheaper than you know five dollars a bottle of the. Oh, oh for gosh, sure, for sometimes. sure. The ones we're going to taste in the next couple of weeks, uh, are are a little bit pricier as well. But this is the uh-huh. Modella. It's brewed as a model of what good beer should be. This rich, full-flavored Pilsner-style lager delivers a crisp, refreshing taste. It's well-balanced taste and light hop character with a crisp, clean finish. Modelo Especial is characterized by an orange blossom honey aroma 
with a hint of herb. Modelo Especial contains water, barley, malt, and non-malted cereals and hops. The alcohol percent, 4.4, 144 small calories, 1.1 grams of fat, uh, and 13.7 grams of carbs in this particular beer. This is a widely uh, drank, drunk beer in Mexico, as well as around the world. Uh, and as Franny mentioned, we drink this by the pool. Uh, I'm hoping to be in Franny's pool fairly soon. Uh, socially distance, of course. He will be by the diving board, and I will be in the shallow end, <laughs> uh, at least 14 feet apart. Uh, but Franny, you want to give this beer a taste? Or a, yeah, a yeah, sniff? Look at 12, 12 bottles at Walmart for $12.98. You, uh, you overpaid, my friend. I did. It's Martin Final. I overpaid. That's true. <laughs> That's true. But it, I, I didn't have to go to Walmart. So that it's worth the $2. <laughs> Anything to avoid going to Walmart in this, right. uh, in this so environment. I've, I've, I, uh, I've, so usually I'll drink Modelo in the bottle without even smelling it. I love But cans. when you smell it, it actually, it's it's skunky. Is you it? have it poured into a glass right I now? do. I do. Yeah. yeah. Well, cheers to you, Ben. It almost smells a little bit like Heineken. But it has that that skunkiness to it. I, I never, I don't I get never the honey. actually sniffed this stuff. I don't get the honey. There's a little bit of walnut on it. Oh, <laughs> for fuck's sake! <laughs> I, I have a pecan coming through. <laughs> no, just kidding. no, no nuts in this one. Is that a? But, is, uh, that a is that a filbert? Do I have a filbert coming through there? <laughs> That's Brazil nut. It is. It is. It is. Uh, it has that skunkiness to it. I, I, it does I have a little bit of that. skunkiness, yeah. But yeah. it's so easy to drink, I but, think. That's why. Yeah, it is. It, let's, it, let's, let's give it a sip, Ben. Let's do it. Let's, 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 uh, let's give this a shot. Well, again, once again. It's got a good crispness. It's a little less yeah. carbonated than it could be. Yeah. I will, uh, yeah. Actually, you know what? If we're going to criticize this beer in any way, I would say it could be more, le- could be more carbonated. carbonation. It that you know it loses its head pretty quickly. It's because of the nuts, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could. It's crisp for sure. Not, it's light for sure. Not a long finish. A little bit darker not than your typical light lager. Definitely darker mm-hmm. than a Budweiser. Man, it's not a. It doesn't have a long finish. It, it just. It's there. It's crisp, you know, just a slight bit of hoppiness, not much to it, uh, but it disappears pretty quickly. There's no lingering taste, which is why I think I enjoy Modelo because it goes away just, really fast. Yeah, and then and then it just leaves you thirsty for for more. I mean, it just kind of. I mean, there's a slight aftertaste, obviously, when you're drinking a beer that you're going to have that sort of mm, beer breath, I guess. Um, but it, it doesn't linger. No, but it, but it doesn't linger on the back no. of the tongue. It doesn't stay with you. That that skunkiness that you smell, you don't taste that. It's it's just that quick crispness that sort of quenches your thirst, um, and it's gone pretty quickly. And uh, I, I think that's probably why we enjoy it so much. And and it's something that you can easily find in any store. But that's something that surprised me about this, Ben. That 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 skunkiness that you know we we never really uh, critique the beers yeah. that we drink commonly on, on any given day. Um, but more carbonation, 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely would enjoy a little more carbonation. And I, I, I don't get, I don't like get, little, not flat, but I don't get a, I mean, I get the hoppiness. It's a little bit of a hop, just a very mm-hmm. more hop than you, than you would get in a typical Pilsner. But I do not get the honey blossom aroma. That I do not get. Mm, I know. Oh, wow. I mean, maybe we should do Budweiser next week. We're gonna have to. I mean, we we should probably do something. Uh, not not maybe not next week because you, you know you uh, you got a couple of beers for the next few weeks. Uh, you know to cover just like you know the the the, the rye and the scotch. So at least for the next couple of weeks, we're covered. Yeah, that's and, why and, I only uh, bought two. Know, maybe, I can't go two weeks maybe, without maybe, seeing you in person. God damn it! Maybe things will get back to normal. Uh, maybe we'll do a, a live podcast together. Actually. Uh, in the same place uh, sooner rather than later, but at least we're covered for this week and the next couple of weeks, um, at least for, you know, uh, sampling the same beverages. Um, but uh, this is, this, I mean, it, I, I, I knew what to expect from Modelo, but it's not something I usually uh, critique, but, you know, what, what would you rate this, Ben? Where, where would you, on, on, on our Ooh. scale of all the beers that we've tried so wow. far from 110, where would you rate Modelo? Because, I mean, it's, it's just... I got to put it you in a different really category, right? I mean, I can't put it in... Um, although we've tasted, like, Budweiser's of other countries, right? Yeah, pretty uh, much. I mean, even the one last week, the, the Ukrainian beer the that Leviscus, we had, or the, Leviscus. the Pilsner Urkel from Czech uh, Republic, which is also a very good beer, but it, and, uh, it's also very common. You can find that in almost any store, too. I would probably give it about a six. You know, I would, I would rate it higher than that. I would say Ooh. a seven. I would say a seven, only because it is—it's uh, an enjoyable drink. You know, it's—it's—if it's, uh, it was you know Bud Light, which is very light, absolutely no, almost no flavor. I would rate that one a little bit lower. This one has a little bit more flavor. It's—it's it's crisp. I wish it had just a little bit more carbonation. But uh, you know, I'd say just about a seven because I mean, this is why we buy it, right? I mean, it's because we enjoy it and it's easy to drink. It goes down smooth, and. Um, I think a seven is uh That's fair. Yeah, I mean Bud Light yeah, to me is, a fair dis- is disgusting. It. I mean the the weird aftertaste that you get from a Bud Light, I, I've just never been able to drink it on a regular basis. I know a lot of people like it in terms of going to going to a game or, or pre gaming, but it just the aftertaste in a Bud Light just, just makes me sort of it, it doesn't doesn't sit well with me. Oh, I here know. we gotta have another helicopter. You wouldn't. It wouldn't be Los Angeles without a helicopter flying all the way in one direction, and then all the way back in the other direction for some unknown reason. I can't hear it too much. Though. I mean, I I just hear it slightly in the background, Ben. But you, uh, the mic doesn't pick it up too much. Too much. Yeah, but I uh, yeah, I've been listening to the police scanner now. Like as I as I as I work during the day, I'll put the police scanner on for an hour and a half. <laughs> that is some pretty good entertainment, though. Why? Uh, it's just interesting to know what is happening around you uh, for no real good reason other than that I don't trust any of the information that's coming out from any of the outlets that I that I you know any of the news outlets so I've I've, I've become some sort of a weird prepper listening to uh, police and fire broadcast during the day but it, it's a very colloquial conversation that you will, you'll get on there that's not as official as you might expect. Mm, that's not bad, but I can't. I can't go above six on it though. No, meh. Well, I can, Ben. 
Uh, apparently. <laughs> and I'll give it a seven, damn it. <laughs> All right. All right. We have a seven for Franny on the Modelo, a six uh, for myself on the Modelo. And uh, Franny, what is next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our housekeeping to finish up the night. Ah, this is the most sad part it's... of the night. Ah, this is a show. This is Thirst and Gold Podcast, a show about football, friends, fun, and whiskey and beer reviews. Please head to our website at thirstandgold.buzzsprout.com. From there, you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes, all timely, all awesome. You can check out our show notes, and from there, you can get links to all of the stories that we cover, all of the browns and the beers that we review. You can get links to all the podcatchers out there, Apple Podcast, Pocket Cast, CastBox, CastBox, Spotify, Stitcher, and all of the rest, including Overcast and Pandora. We are on Pandora, people. You can leave a review. How many stars on the review, Franny? Five stars. Five, five stars. stars. Please leave us a five-star review. You can email us at podcastthirstandgoal at gmail.com. You can call us. There's a phone number in the show notes. Please call. Leave us a message, and we will play it on the air and answer any questions that you might have. You can link to Franny's amazing Instagram account, at Thirstand, at my mediocre Twitter account, at <laughs> Goal Thirst, and you can check out all of the photos that we have been taking. We have been forced to improvise on the photos. Typically, Franny takes all of our photos, but Franny is now taking the pictures of the brown, the photographs of the brown at his house, or Sonia might be taking them here. Sonia is now taking pictures of the shots, and we are alternating uh, pictures of the beer, so you're getting a much more diverse, uh, interesting approach to taking pictures of the drinks that we review on the show. So please, please, please tell a friend, rate the show, review the show, please share the show. Franny, anything to say before we check out for another week? Oh, thank you very much for listening, and Ben, I made it through the show, I didn't drink as much as I did last weekend. All right. So now we're going to drink in post-production. <laughs> we will. <laughs> all right, folks. Thank you all. Stay safe out there. Thank you to, to Frane and to all the first responders, all the people that are working in the grocery stores, Postmates, Uber Eats, uh, Post, uh, what's the other one? Grubhub, DoorDash, all of those things. Uh, thank you to all the folks that are out there uh, going to work every day. And, and keeping the rest of us fed and uh, keeping us in the supplies that we need. So thank you. And we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.